The following episode of Rap Rewind was released prior to the events of January 17th, 2022. Rest in peace, Diane Worley. We love you. Good morning, evening, day, night, solstice, whatever. Welcome to another episode of Rap Rewind. Uh, we are going to do relapse, but before we do that, hey guys, how are you guys doing? Doing good. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody actually. Yeah, somebody unfortunately has to go through protocol right now. So. Yes. Yes, I have been. Uh, I have been uh, hit with a certain variant of a certain uh, virus that's been going around. He's got the um, Omarion going right now. Yeah, there's an ice box where my heart used to be. Yep. Um, that that being said, so stupid. Um, but nah, <laughs> man, y'all. Uh, and, and there's also other shit that's uh, going on right now. Prayers for my mother right now um, in the hospital, going through something. Um, you know, my little girl's also sick. I'm just I'm sick. It's just it's been a mess, but. You know, this is my therapy session to be with you guys to sit here, chill, talk about hip hop and talk about uh, Eminem and the retrospective series that we have uh, going on with him in the Rap Rewind. Uh, and today we're going to talk all about Relapse. Yeah. Um, so Chip and I recently heard this as of today. When did you listen to it last, Helen? Uh probably i knew we were coming up on relapse so i decided to listen to it uh monday i like listened to a couple of songs on the way home listened to a few more songs after that shut up dog um <laughs> um and i gotta be honest this is probably the most slim shady album um since the slim shady lp and i think it was meant to be like that um but like it's you it's like a parody like is Slim Shady making a song thinking how Slim Shady would make a song, uh, an album, I mean, if you know what I mean? Like it's it's not Eminem doing Slim Shady, it's Slim Shady doing Slim Shady. Uh, I see right. I see what you, I see what you're saying with that. Uh yeah. Now we, we do have to remember that that this is his first album after a four year hiatus where he said he had writer's block, but he was also dealing with an addiction to prescription medication, um, where he he got clean relapsed went to the hospital and almost died and then came back um which i mean he makes light of a lot of the stuff in this mm -hmm. album um i guess it's like a coping mechanism for him like just to get it out there and but make fun of it but i think i to be honest i would i didn't make it through the whole album um i got about 60% of the way through it and I just I couldn't anymore uh, I do think it's his weakest one um, Chip you said you did like you, you thought it was better than what you remember right I yeah it, it was I, re I remember when I uh, first heard it I was like man what the hell is this uh, there's one or two maybe a handful of good songs uh, but then something for whatever like I, I knew we were coming up on uh on recording this but i wasn't sure if we, when we were gonna do it because we've got a lot of stuff in the pipe right now um 
but so just something on my way to work this morning, I was like, man, I, uh, I want to listen to, to, to the relapse album for whatever reason, it just like clicked. And so I put it through and, uh, I, I, I listened to the whole album twice today, uh, all the way through. And it was a lot better than what I remembered it being, but I remembered it being like super, super trash. So I mean, I still think it's super, super trash. So now, uh, now, now there are some good songs on it. Uh, there are some songs that like, cause when you hear Eminem, whether it's the Slim Shady, Marshall Mathers, and Eminem show, you know, and then we did Encore. And at that point, we thought, like, eh, Encore wasn't as good as the first three. And then you go to Relapse, and almost yeah. as if like Relapse was supposed to be like this, this, this Emin, this uh, Marshall. Not, I'm sorry, this Slim Shady type of album where it's like he's relapsing not only from like his drug and alcohol addiction and things of that nature, but he's also relapsing into the slim shady alter ego because you noticed he, you know, he was more and like what we talked about on the previous records. He showed his maturity. He started talking a little bit more politics. He started talking a little bit more, you know, real life events and, you know, stuff like that. And then relapse comes out and it was more like he's relapsing back to the Slim Shady, only he's going a little bit more like listening to some, especially songs like uh, 3AM, My Mom, Insane, especially Bagpipes from Baghdad, um, you know, all these different ones. I would say me personally, after hearing the record, in terms of horrorcore this is probably the most horrorcore album that he's had just based on the lyrical content by itself. Would you guys say it's a fair estimate to say that? Um, I don't know. I uh, mean, when you hear a song like insane and think that's not a hard horrorcore type song like that is, well, and we'll get to the song here in just a minute. I mean, um, I, I know what you're saying, but I feel like, I feel like the Marshall Mathers one might be a little bit more horrorcore. Yeah, even the original uh, Slim Shady Shady LP uh, may have been a little more horrorcore than this, but I get where you're coming from because there are definite like songs where you're like, "That's a horrorcore song." Yeah, not all of them. Not no, not all of them. No, but I'm saying like there's certain. In fact, it's the genre. If you, I'm on the official Wikipedia article for the album Relapse, and it's and the genre is actually horrorcore slash hip hop. So they even specified it as horrorcore. Now, now it's Wikipedia, so obviously anybody could put what they want on there. But it does make sense it being you know considered com- horrorcore. I mean, but it then, is horrorcore compared to. It following Eminem show and Encore, which weren't horrorcore, but Marshall Mathers and Slim Shady LP definitely are, and I think they're more right. No, 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 I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, yeah, you know. Um, but then you go, and we're not there yet. But the next album, Recovery, isn't con- it's considered hip hop slash rap rock because it was more, you know, stuff like that. Um, so it's either rap rock or it's you know. Yeah. Hardcore, now, but anyway, I, I will say that on this album, there are songs where you start to like when you, you listen to them, you you hear the the beginnings of like where he has evolved to now, 
uh, in certain songs like um, Underground, like, and we'll talk about it when we get there, uh, and um, the song uh, Forever, which is on the, the refill, and uh, there was another song. Uh, let me look at the track listing just so I can be sure I don't want to put out it was um old time sake with him and Dre yeah, with him and Dre yeah uh, even and even Dre's flow was not the traditional Dr. Dre G Funk style west coast flow that you're normally used to hearing from him as well uh I, I, on that album or I mean on that track I think it was a little more West Coast than on Crack a Bottle when it's uh, M. Dre and 50. Yeah, it was. Okay, maybe, it, yes, it was West Coast. It was Dre, but it wasn't like Dre's normal flow, if that makes any sense. Because you know what a Dr. Dre flow sounds like. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, that being said, though, um, let's just go straight into it. Raj, if you want to just hit us with the background. Um, yeah. Um so, um, ooh, this is a sixth studio album. Um, it was released May 19th, 2009, um, uh, through Aftermath and Shady Records, which is a syndication, not a syndication, but a part of Interscope. Subsidiary. Well, yeah, subsidiary of Interscope. <clears throat> it was the first album, um, of original uh, material since Encore 2004. Um, following his four year hiatus from recording due to his writer's blocks and his addiction to prescription sleeping medication. Um, the recording sessions for the album took place during 2008 and 2009 at several recording studios and Dr. Dre, Mark Bastin, and Eminem handled production. Um, we talked about how Eminem, as he got through his career, became more and more producer hands-on on his stuff anyways. Oh, right. yeah. Um, it is a, sorry, Relapse is a concept album that revolves around horror, drug rehabilitation, and relapse, obviously, hence the title. Um, a return of his Slim Shady alter ego, Eminem stated that the album's theme was more reminiscent of the Slim Shady LP and Marshall Matters LP. Um, and in 2007, Dr. Dre stated his intention to dedicate two months to the production of the album. Working with Dr. Dre allowed Eminem to pick beats Pick the beats from Dr. Dre's catalog that challenges rhythm to expand with different flows. During the recording period, a handful of songs intended for relapse were leaked on the internet. I try to remember which ones they were. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't 3 a.m. was one of them, wasn't it? I, I he, made a, stay, he made a oh, video for that one, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I try to stay when I hear or, or, or when I'm on the internet and I see uh, leaked Eminem song or leaked 50 cent song or whatever i try to stay away from those because a lot of times it's like somebody put like two already made songs together to try to be like you know oh this is a new whatever and so i try to stay away from stuff like that Right. And it's sometimes it's songs that like, oh, maybe he's a producer and he makes a beat, you know, or in his, and it's like, okay, I like this beat. I like this beat. And it's also oh, a new Eminem song. Okay, cool. And then the first line here is like, have you ever loved someone so much you given known for? Not the express. Wait a second. That's till I'm gone. What, what the fuck is this shit? You know, yeah. they just took an already recorded verse and they put it over this brand new beat. I mean, if you have all that, if you have a, 
what's the what, what's the audacity is that the is that the uh yeah you can do it on yeah. audacity yeah you can do it on all that I, I was i was fixing to say fruity loops but i don't think anyone uses fruity loops anymore <laughs> i do i love fruity loops oh okay yeah it's pretty easy especially when you have loops <laughs> i thought it was outdated i thought i thought no, like they come out with the it technology and you oh, get, okay and you, if you buy it you actually get it free updated every time they come out with a new one. Oh, yeah. nice yeah it's actually really i learned something new every day <laughs> um so on to the next part one of the most anticipated albums of 2009 relapse debuted at number one on the billboard 200 selling 608,000 copies in its first week it also reached number one in 12 other countries it produced four singles crack a bottle we made you 3 a.m and beautiful as well as his promotional single old time's sake uh, crack a bottle featured dr dre and 50 cent as you guys mentioned earlier and it reached uh number one on the billboard hot 100 Relapse was certified double platinum by the RIAA or the Recording Industry Association of America. That's a mouthful to always say. Yes. Right. Critically, the album received mixed reviews. Reviewers generally praised its production, but were divided in the response towards the writing and overuse of accents throughout the album. Nonetheless, it won Eminem the Grammy for Best Rap Album, while Crack a Bottle won uh, for Best Rap Performance by a Duo or Group. The album later found a strong cult following among Eminem's fan and critics, uh, establishing Relapse as a cult classic. So, I can understand where they praise the production because the beats on it are really good. A lot of them. Oh yeah. Um, I could easily just listen to the instrumentals of every album, but the lyrics to me, like I said, to me, I didn't like it. I didn't get to make it through all the way. You guys both like it. Um, Obviously, you guys aren't saying this is best one or anything like that at all. Oh, God, no. No, no, no absolutely yeah, not. So this, no. oh, Go ahead. I, I mean, if, if we're talking full catalog, and we, we haven't talked the full catalog yet, but, I mean, I've listened to every uh, Eminem album, and it, I remember it being worse than what it was when I listened to it today, but it's definitely bottom of the barrel. I think I think you remember it worse because obviously it was him coming back from his hiatus and following up Eminem show and encore going back to his goofiness. That's what I'm thinking that maybe he, maybe in his mind, he thought I need to go back to what worked in the beginning because that's when everybody was fucking with me. The problem was that mindset may have worked back in 1998, 1999. It didn't work in the year 2009. No, maybe it- people were so, you know, the because the, the world had changed in ten years. Well, not only that, I mean, he he evolved in his first four albums. He evolved his persona, who he was, what he spoke about, or anything like that. And it's just like him. It was like him going from Razor Ramon to Scott Hall. You know, same person, same gimmick, but you know, not the same overall because it still has a little bit of difference to it, just enough. Right. So we, we were, I mean, we were used to Eminem being some shady, you know, Marshall, Eminem, you know, goofiness here, there. Because like when we talked about um, the Encore album, there was a couple of songs on that. There were Slim Shady songs that we were like, eh, it doesn't fit this album. He had to make some uh, some Slim Shady songs for the studio, you know, just put them in there. But this just felt like, mm, like, oh, you're back, but you're still doing that? Like, come on, man. Right. Right. And like like you guys said, you guys really liked it. I liked the production a lot. Um, a lot of the beats were really good. Obviously, Eminem's a great producer. Him and Dr. Dre together always make great beats no matter what. Um, 
uh, I might try to listen to the remaining songs again. I got, like I said, 60% of the way through. I just couldn't finish it. To me, it just seemed overly, like, it was like a parody of himself. And that's why I don't think I liked it. Because at this point, especially 2009, I was uh, starting my senior year of high school. Oh, this was in May. So I was finishing my junior year, about to start my senior year of high school. And I was, you know, in that mode where I'm like, yeah, Eminem's, you know, I was at the point saying Eminem was the greatest, you know, wait till this album comes out. And I was like, ooh, that, that, didn't, that didn't live up to the hype I was giving it. Y'all, y'all don't let him lie. He was still fucking with Dipset in t- 2009. I sure as fuck was. <laughs> <laughs> Dipset? Always, forever. Still to this day, even though they right. got body by uh, Jada Kiss. Still oh. to this day. Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's that's something we need to talk about. You know what? We'll pause on that. We'll we'll sidebar that to another uh, conversation after this. But um, but yeah, I'll go ahead and continue, Roger. I'm sorry. Uh, so, but well, do you guys have anything? You know, um, obviously about the mixed reviews. Uh, him winning the Grammys, 2009. Um, I'm sorry to say, this won the Grammy Award for best rap album. 2009 not, must have not had great albums. Uh, well, it's just a quick little googly search away. 2009 Grammys. So while you guys are doing that, I'll go ahead and uh, go to the next part. Unless you guys okay. want to say anything about the mixed reviews or production and stuff like that. Um, um I mean, no, no, no. I, I get the the mixed reviews for sure. Um, you know, because there there were a lot of people that when you know the announcement came out that Eminem was coming back. He was dropping a new album. They were expecting some fire, right? And then we got this where he literally took three steps back. Uh, you know, because like like we said, you know, you have the Slim Shady LP. Then he took a step forward with the Marshall Mathers LP. He took a step forward the the Eminem show. He took a step forward with Encore, and then there was the the hiatus, and then he took brought this album, but he stepped back, well, four steps, really, back to uh, the Slim Shady LP, and that's not what people wanted. Hey, hey, real quick before we continue, um, Eminem in 2010 at the 52nd Annual Grammy Awards did win Best Rap Album for Relapse. The other four albums that were nominated were The Renaissance by Q-Tip, The Aesthetic by Most Def, Roots by Flo Rida, and Universal Mind Control by Common. So we have Eminem doing it some shady, um, three... Like street philosopher, con- yeah, street philosopher, conscious rappers, and then Flow Rider, yeah, Flow Rider, who was straight pop music, um, who yeah. lost a rap battle to Bo Dallas on Monday Night Raw. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> Bo Dallas, Bo Dallas had bars. Yeah, he did. Bar, he really Bar did. Dallas, yeah, Bar Dallas. There you go. Uh, and also, uh, also one more, one more quick thing too about that about the song "Crack a Bottle." Eminem, Dre, and uh, Fifty. Uh, it said it was the best rap performance by a duo or group. The other four nominees were Too Many Rappers by Be- uh, the Beastie Boys and Nas, Money Goes, Honey Stays by Fabulous and Jay-Z, Make Her Say um, by Kid Cudi, Kanye West, and Common, and Amazing by Kanye West and Jeezy. Um, Yeezy that, and Jeezy. That, first of all, Make Her Say is probably one of Kid Cudi's best uh-huh. verses ever in his whole repertoire. So I'm kind of upset that that lost out. 
Yeah. Um, Kid he also lost out in the best rap solo performance uh, for Day and Night. He lost that one. Um, winner, the, the winner, the winner of that uh, be, uh, best rap solo performance was DOA "Death of Auto Tune" by De- by Jay Z. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, the uh, the other nominees were Day and Night by Kid Cudi, Casa Bay by Most Def, Beautiful by Eminem, and Best I Ever Had by Drake. Hell, Jay Z's song on that list is the worst one. That's yep. that's not even good Drake, and it's still worse than what Drake put out. <laughs> best I ever had, best I ever had, Day and Night, and Dead and Gone by Ti and uh, Justin Timberlake were also all nominated for best rap song, along with DOA. But none of them won. You know who won one best rap song? Run This Town by Jay Z, Kanye, and uh, Rihanna. Then get out of here. I'm just saying, this is what get they said. Uh, See, this so, is how we know the Grammys are garbage. Yeah, 2009 <laughs> hip hop. Uh, UGK released UGK for Life. Jada Kiss released The Last Kiss. Dude, that was a good hold album. On, hold on, a quick, uh, quick question. Was that the last UGK album with Pimp C alive? Yes. I know he died during the high, my high school year, so I think that was his last one, right? Yes. Okay. Um, was it a posthumous album? Rick, no, that draws uh, deeper than rap. Uh, Tech Nine Psychology One Hundred One. Dude, I love that album too, dude. Uh, so that, and I'm, I'm just, just I'm just, hitting, I'm just hitting the ones that are like, there was a ton of hip hop albums. Eminem released Relapse. Buster Rhymes released "Back on My BS." I love that album. God, that's when he got off of uh, Def Jam. I think he went yep. to uh, right after that. He, I think he went to Aftermath actually on that one. Yeah, that's an uh, Aftermath production. No, I don't think this one's an Aftermath production. Back on my, go ahead, keep reading. I'm on. Uh, no, it's it's Flip Mode, Flip Mode and Universal, Universal, Universal Motown. With a, uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Method Method Man and Red Man. Released Blackout Two. Yes, yes. Uh, Freeway released Philadelphia Philadelphia Freeway Two. Two. Yep, I remember yep. that. That was uh, right before we had that battle rap against Cassidy and got bodied. Exactly. Pastor Troy released Ready for War. Do love Pastor Troy, on, man. Pastor Troy. For you kids out there, go listen to Pastor Troy. If you if you're from the South and you don't know who Pastor Troy is, turn in your Southern card because you really don't deserve. Yeah, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm not from the South, but I know Pastor Troy. But that's what I'm saying, though. You a hip hop head, so you you would know. Twista released Category F five. That's a good uh, album too. Fabulous released Loso's Way. Yes. Slaughterhouse released their debut album, Slaughterhouse. Uh. Killer Mike released Underground Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Jay Z released The Blueprint three. Uh, Kid Cudi released Man on the Moon, The End Whoa. of Day number one oh god that's the great which album. i will admit i got a chance to listen to it uh when was it not this past week but the week before i didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing but i listened to the first couple of songs how come y'all motherfuckers didn't tell me about this dude a long time ago because dude is how is it our fault that you don't be listening to that <laughs> <laughs> right uh, we i gotta blame somebody <laughs> yeah. you, better, you better listen to lupe next yes uh, Trick Daddy released Finally Famous, Born a Thug, Still a Thug. Yes. Maybe uh, <laughs> because I'm a thug. Did you know yeah. that uh, a couple uh, this earlier, a couple weeks ago, that Trick Daddy actually revealed his new rap group called Eat a Booty Gang? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, man. 
Oh, man. <laughs> I've got to send you guys that video. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Mac 10 released Soft White. Ghostface Killer. Mac 10 yes. was making music? Yes. Ghostface Killer released Ghostini, the Wizard of Poetry in, in Emerald City. Fat Joe released uh, Jose 2. Jim Jones released The Rooftop. Yes, yes. Oh, God. Yeah. Royce the 5 9 released Street Hop. Tech 9 released KOD. Yeah, man. Oof. Uh, ODB released uh, Message to the Other Side. 50 Cent released Before I Self Destruct. Rakim released The Seventh Seal. Uh, Juvenile released Cocky and Confident. BG released Two. Too hood to be Hollywood. Yes, I remember that was BG's comeback. I was hyped for yeah. it. Snoop Dogg released Malice in Wonderland. Ugh. Uh Timberland released Timberland Presents Shock Value 2. Obi Trice released Special Reserve. True name, no gimmicks. Yeah. <laughs> uh then Eminem released the Relapse Refill. Uh Young Money Entertainment released Re- We Are Young Money. Young Money. Uh, so no no offense to Eminem, but I I could think of probably a, a there, few there's, more. I was gonna say there's some killer albums out that year. Yeah. Uh, now I can think I of would, at least ten. Yeah, ten would, albums there. That was yeah. I would say that probably one of the reasons that he won uh, rap album of the year <laughs> is uh, when he released Relapse. It. It released at number one and sold 608,000 copies in its first week. The next closest was Jay-Z's The Blueprint 3. Trash. And it only it only sold 476,000 copies. And that's probably all it sold because it's trash. Well, yeah. Can you feel the vitriol, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> uh, but now, if, if we're talking about critically reviewed albums, Raekwon uh, only built for Cuban Links Part 2. Had an average score of 88, and Eminem's relapse wasn't even in the top 10. It's funny because that was that, uh, wasn't that the album that we talked about on that, uh, weakest album by a rapper or whatever it was? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of his best rated, the best one of that year, one of the best albums he had rated. Yeah. So, mm. but, right. um, next, on to the next Moving point. On. Yeah. So, after releasing Encore in 2004, Eminem planned to take some time off from recording um, his own music to become a hip-hop producer for uh, other rap acts on his label, um, Slaughterhouse, obviously, D12, um, Royce to 5'9", Obi Trice, you know, all those guys. The Detroit scene, for the most part. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. However, Eminem entered his hiatus after uh, canceling the European leg of the Anger Management Tour um, in the summer of 2005, who was on that tour? Lint Biscuit, Papa Roach. Um, matter of fact, hold on, I got the. It, it just nine, says the artist. Nine Inch Nails. Uh, yeah. Marilyn Manson was supposed to, but didn't. Uh, Papa Roach, like you said, Lint Biscuit. Uh, well, hold on, because there's lineups for each year. Hang on a minute. I'm trying to find. This was 2005. Yeah, 2005. Okay. Uh,. Oh, it's not showing me the huh. Um, D12 and Obi Trice were on it. 
it's not yeah it's not giving like the full list of people on it which is kind of weird um uh Eminem, 50 Cent, Lil John, D12, Lil John, Obi Trice, Stat Quo, and G Unit. G Unit, Lil Scrappy and Pitbull. Uh yeah. Ludacris replaced well he, Ludacris filled in for 50 Cent on two on the first two shows because I think 50 Cent was still doing his tour before that part. Um Right. So it was mostly hip hop that it was, year. It was an all it was an all hip hop one that time. Yeah, because uh, um, no, no. uh what is this? Is this the two thousand well this is just uh, so 2005 was the last year of the anger management tour. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, all the artists that ever, let's see. First edition. I would say the third edition is the 2005. Each edition is the year it happened. So 2000 was Limp yeah. Bizkit, Godsmack, Exhibit, Outcast. God, that would have been dope to see Eminem, Exhibit, Outcast, Limp Bizkit, Godsmack, uh, Rob BMX Zombie and Rob Link, Rob yeah, but and also Lincoln Park joined, Ramstein joined, uh, the Executioners joined, Bionic Jive. Um, I know some of y'all out there probably don't know who Bionic Jive is. I'll be Hill, Hill, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Bionic yeah. Jive only had one record. That was it. They just had one record, and they it was called Eminem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had one. Well, I'll take that back. Well, they had another record, but that one didn't. The only record that I've ever heard them is, a, is it's a song called it's an album called Armageddon Through Your Speakers. Uh, that was the, that was the one. Uh, they had, the only, and the only reason why I remember it is because they had a song called I Shot Lucifer. I thought it was I thought it was interesting. Um, so go listen to the song I Shot Lucifer by Bionic Jive whenever you guys get a chance to. Go listen to Lupe Fiasco. I will. <laughs> Actually, finish Kate Push Coast. Let me finish Kid Cudi. Let me get. Don't give me. Don't give me more than I can handle. Okay, Bubba. Uh, <laughs> all right. So you see I, how they do me? I, I take one episode off, and then they want to. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. So the, in the summer of two thousand five, he canceled the European leg of the anger management tour, um, stating exhaustion and his addiction to prescription sleeping drugs. Why well, say drugs instead of pills? I don't get that. Um, in the following year, Eminem. Remarried Kim, which only lasted oh, eleven boy. weeks. <laughs> yep. um, and who didn't the, see that coming? <laughs> and then the most unfortunate part of probably a lot of our lives at this point, because um, I remember when it hit the news and I I sobbed. But um, the unfortunate killing of uh, Proof, Eminem's best friend, hill rapper from D12, probably one of the best and underrated lyricists out there. Um, oh, I didn't want to believe it. I didn't. Either. I didn't want to believe it. Like I heard it and I thought, man, this is some bullshit, you know? Because if you want, he know was how... just go ahead, go ahead. Like he just like he just did a song with uh, like he just did a song with uh, Twisted on their Independence Day record, and I was like, you know, because I'm like, okay, Proof is Proof and Bizarre both did songs with Twisted, who are you know affiliated at the time with Psychopathic Records, and Eminem and ICP always had that beef with each other, and Proof. What many people don't know is that Proof was actually the one that helped squash the beef between ICP and Eminem when they did like a it was like a charity bowling thing that he got everybody together, you know. So, you know, and then you hear it's like, oh, okay, cool. You know, Proof's men and fences, you know, Proof's doing this and that. And then you hear him getting shot in the club. And it's like you didn't want to believe it. It was like, man, no, not Proof, you know, of all people. Not him. You know like, what I mean? I didn't believe it at first because I heard it on BET News. That's how old it was. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
like that was the first uh, I was watching. I was watching one of their when they actually played music. Also back then, one of their shows that was doing music was it One Hundred Six in Park? No, um, I think it was the I think basement. They still do One Hundred Six in Park, don't they? They do, but it's not. I mean, it's more of the pop hip hop, not actually like to use. You know, you know, they actually yeah. used to do hip hop, hip hop yeah. back in the day. It's right? it's not it's not it's not AJ and Free anymore. No, it's somebody else. I think it was uh, the basement, which is has some of the best freestyles that probably never even got put on the internet that people yeah, ain't yes. never seen. It's your boy Big Tigger doing big thing, man. That, that man is still doing it. I think he has a Series XM show now, which, um, I mean, big ups to him because that dude, I don't know if he was going to do anything else besides BET because, I mean, that's all he ever did. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I heard on BET News, I was like, oh, this can't be real. And then it popped up on, like, CNN. I was like, oh, whoa, okay. That's, and it hurt because, I mean, yeah. to me was my favorite member of D12. Um. When I had heard that um, that mixtape he dropped because he hadn't he didn't do the album just yet at that point. I think they did his album post uh, death. Yeah, yeah is. So. But uh, because of this, um, Eminem did relapse to his prescription drug abuse, and became increasingly reclusive. In a uh, 2009 interview with Double XL, Eminem elaborated on the impact of Proust's death on him, stating everyone felt. Bruce lost from his kids to his wife to everyone. But for some reason, in hindsight, the way I felt was almost like it happened to just me. Maybe at the time I was a little bit selfish with it. I think it kind of hit me so hard. I just blindsided. It just blindsided me. I just went to such a dark place that with everything, the drugs, my thoughts, everything, and the more drugs I consumed and all the depressants I was taking, the more depressed I became, the more self-loving I became. We all grief in different ways. Like, a loss yeah. of your best friend, I can understand that, just going into your own head. Yeah, and this yeah. isn't just someone who you, like, did music with or you were an acquaintance with. Like, you've known him even before you got put on and got, you know, your first deal and things of that nature, you know, so, you I know. Mean, they he, Proof and Eminem were always, like, Proof was Eminem's hype man. Like, he was always at his shows. Right. He was always there no matter what. Even when they beefed, yeah. that he was still there with him, so... Um, yeah, this was also around the time that he um, started using methadone as well. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, and uh, so if I'm not mistaken, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, um, he he bought some methadone from a dealer, and he told him that it was just like Vicodin but better for his liver. Uh, and he just kept <laughs> what a sales he, pitch, <laughs> right? And he just kept eating it, eating it. Uh, until he passed out in his bathroom and uh when the paramedics got there and got him to the hospital they said he had uh, taken enough methadone that it was like four bags of heroin fucking hell man i do remember that he was hospitalized for overdosing i just didn't know it was that bad yeah i mean this was back uh, this was like 12 15 years ago now Jeez. yeah 12 years ago because uh, he's been clean for 12 yeah. years. Yeah, 12 years. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, so speculate, uh, speculation on an upcoming album by Eminem was reported since mid-2007 from announcements made by artists 50 Cent and Stat Quo, former members of Shady Records. Um, also, rapper Bizarre, a member of you know D12, stated that the release of the third studio album was on hold because Interscope wanted to release Eminem's album first. We never got that third album. Nope. 
Nope. I don't know if we ever will. Wait, didn't they? No, they re they re released Devil's Nights with ex- with the extended uh, the unreleased. Album, they re- yeah uh, they re release they re released it. It was like 2011. It was like the 10 year anniversary of Devil's Night was when they did the re release. No, remember we talked about it uh, last year. They re released it with the um, unreleased tracks. Yeah, but it was in 2011. I thought because it was 10 years after the original debut of Devil's Night. Well, hang on, let me click on Devil's Night. Let me this way. I'm not that way. I'm not. Uh, fibbing on y'all give me one second that was not expanded edition 2021 oh it was 2021 okay so it was yeah. last year what, okay yeah. <laughs> i thought it was a 10-year thing okay no no the 10-year uh re-release was just 20 year it was a 20-year thing okay yeah. there we go um, okay yeah i was like man it's like am i tripping um <laughs> no i'm tripping i apologize <laughs> uh i mean 10 year would have made more sense but 20 years like, gosh 20 years jeez that album's yeah man 20 years we're old oh, as man. fuck oh uh, yeah <sighs> Um, so shit can't funny. happen, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but um, by the end of the year, uh, 2007, uh, additional musical musicians associated with Shady Records, including Al- the Alchemist, uh, Bishop Lamont, Cassius, and Obi Trice, True Nano Gimmicks, had confirmed on different occasions that the rapper was effectively working on a new album. On September 12th, 2007, during a call on the radio show WQHT Hot 97, Eminem stated that he was in limbo and was not sure whether he would release any new material in the near future. He then elaborated that at that point, he was constantly working in his recording studio and had come to terms with his personal issues. However, in 2007, Eminem was hospitalized because of overdose on methadone. There you go. Um, in early 2008, he began a 12-step program to recover from his addiction. In a later interview, he said that he had gotten sober on April 20th, 2008, and has been so has stayed sober since then. Right. So, yeah, going on for almost 14 years this year. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, during this time, I don't want to make excuses of why the album is the way it is. I mean, he obviously was going through a lot at this point. Um, it it just makes sense why this is probably his at this point was his flattest album, um, and why it's so strange and different from what we had already expected from him. Right, and it was almost like it was an overreach. You know what I mean? Like he had all this going on for him, and it was more like maybe he thought, okay, maybe this is me. I think if it was more of a, how can I say this? If this album was more like the next album, I think people would have accepted it a little bit more. But because it was so much like, you know, Slim Shady LP and stuff like that, then maybe it didn't resonate because it's like, like, okay, I get, we, we get it. You know, you, you're, you're on drugs and drugs make you say crazy things and do crazy things and stuff like that. But also at the same time, you're dealing with, your, you know, your, your best friend passing away. You were also dealing yet again with another divorce with Kim and the whole thing, you know, and. It's uh, an overdose, the overdose, <laughs> the drug issues. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, yeah, I, it, we could make all kinds of excuses, but even Eminem will tell you uh, and he says it in in the next album, Recovery. Uh, he said that his last two albums were trash. Because encore, he was on drugs and relapse, he was coming off of them. He said those don't count. <laughs> no, they still count. They they got to count. Which is weird at some point. 
I mean, it's weird to me because we went over Encore, and Encore is not that bad. No, it's not that bad from the standpoint that it was one of, but but again, like what we talked about in the last episode, it's one of those albums where everything was good except the middle. There's like maybe four or five songs in the middle that just didn't fit the album. Yeah, I mean, and he did say that obviously the drugs caused a couple of them, but the studio also forced a couple of them. So I mean, yeah, at that point when they're forcing your hand, I mean. He just put out crap and he's like, here you go. And then obviously the couple that he made on drugs was, you know, him being like, I made these songs on drugs. We can tell. We definitely can tell. But I guess Sober Marshall, Sober Marshall and Sober Eminem is definitely a better lyricist and a better plan, uh, programmer and setter on his albums than when he was on drugs. But I mean, uh, I mean, Encore is not that bad. I still don't get that one. I don't know why he would didn't like that one as much. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to find the actual uh, verse. Interview? Oh, no, it's, it's it's on one of his songs. Oh, is uh, it? From the Recovery album. Oh. Um, uh, while you look for that, um, so during um, his... Eminem had continued recording throughout 2005 and released one of the his works on the Shady Records compilation album, uh, Man Presents to Re-Up. Um, that one was just his best. No, wasn't that his best, his album? I can't remember which one that one was. No, that was uh, Eminem Presents to Re-Up. It was a concept album that also involved or uh, had like Yellow Wolf, Obi Trice. Uh, oh, Stat it was the Quo, Shady Record album. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was M, O, B, Stat Quo, Bobby Creek, Water, Cassius, Bazaar, Canava, uh, all pretty much all of D12, 50 Cent, Lloyd Banks. Um, I still want to do uh, Akon. I still want to do the episode of uh, where we decide whether it's a wrestler name or a uh, porn name, but add rappers to it. Because Bobby Creek, Water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right. All right, but yeah, okay. I remember. I remember Rio because I looked at the album. And I remember that one. I just don't remember anything on it. You know, quit acting like you don't. Know. That's the the one with M Fifty, Lloyd. That was like the main one that came out. You don't know? Oh, Jimmy Crack Corn was on that one. Yeah, Jimmy yes. Crack Corn was on that one too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe I do remember this one a lot more. Yeah, Pistol Pistol remix on it. We're back. Uh, Shady. Smack that remix, which has Bobby Creekwater again, uh, <laughs> and a Ski Mask Way remix. Yeah, okay, I do remember. I do remember that one a little bit more. All right, so um, so he released the yeah. uh, real. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, it, this is the lyrics. It's from the song uh, "Talk to Myself" off the Recovery album. We'll talk about that more in depth later. Uh, but he said, "So I picked myself up, got off the ground." And fucking swam before I drowned. Hit my bottom so hard I bounced twice. Suffice to say this time around. It's different than them last two albums didn't count. Encore, I was on drugs. Relapse, I was flushing them out. I've come to make it up to you now. No more fucking around. I got something to prove to fans because I feel like I let them down. So please yeah. accept my apology. I finally feel like I'm back to normal. I feel like I'm me again. So let me formally int- reintroduce myself to you. For those who don't know, the new me is back to the old me. And homie, I don't show no signs of slowing up. 
oh, and I'm blowing up all over. My life is no longer a movie, but the show ain't over, homos. I'm back with a vengeance, homie. Wheezy, keep your head up. T.I., keep your head up. Kanye, keep your head up. Don't let up. Uh, Just keep slaying them. Rest in peace to DJ AM, because I know what it's like. I struggle with this shit every single day. Yeah, 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 because DJ AM from, uh, shit, what, 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 what was he, was he the guy from Crazy? I don't think he was. Hold on a second. Who, DJ AM? I'm trying to, that's, that's Adam Goldstein. Yeah. That's who I thought, it, he was with Crazy Town. Okay, that's who I remember him from, yeah. Because he was with Crazy Town, then he did the thing with Travis Barker. Yeah. Oh, Crazy Town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come, come, Willie. Come, come, Willie. <laughs> um, gosh, I lost my place. Uh, I'm sorry. He also recorded uh, the track Beautiful in, in late 2007, which would later become the fifth and final single on Relapse. And also Such one a good of. Song. I've got. I didn't listen to it. I you didn't to get to it. Listen. I know. Yeah. Uh, and also one of the only songs on the entire album, which Eminem recorded when he wasn't sober. Wait, it was one of the only songs on the entire album, which Eminem recorded when he wasn't sober. Jeez. Yeah. That means the other. Oh, gosh. Oof. Eminem yeah. began the, the major recorded stages of relapse in mid-2008 after completing a 12-step program to control his drug addiction. Record producer and a longtime Detroit collaborator, Jeff Bass. Is it Bass or Bass? I can't remember if we talked about it. I think it's Bass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because of the Bass brother. Yes. I know I do that every time. He worked with Eminem on 25 tracks. Two years later, after the rapper had received treatment for his sleeping pill addiction in 2005, depressed by Pooh's death, Eminem fell in a period of writer's block where he felt everything he wrote was not worth recording. To compensate for this, Bass chose to follow a production style that would allow the artist to rap off the top of his head as opposed to writing a story. Eminem then would freestyle record vocals one line at a time before interpreting and then recording another line. At the same time, according to Eminem's songs write super Eminem's song right supervisor, Joe Martin, uh, the rapper began to collect additional songs without noticing it. He would often record or produce material initially intended for the musical projects of other artists, but ends up with tracks he really liked. That just tripped me out. Eminem's song rights supervisor. What is that? I know somebody else owns his the rights to his music, but... I don't think they super- do now. Uh, does Eminem own his all his masters and everything? In his I, catalog? I, think, I think he finally... Uh got them because you know they're at one point uh michael jackson Jackson owned the masters uh and i think uh after michael jackson died yeah yeah i think he's gotten all his masters back eminem's so petty but great i mean not eminem but michael jackson was petty uh yeah then eminem uh purchased the Effigy Studio in Ferndale, Michigan. In 2007, he ended up he ended his working relationship with much of his former production team at the 54 Sound Recorder Studio, including the Bass Brothers. Uh, in September 2007, Dr. Dre stated the intention to dedicate two months to the production of Relapse. Working with Dr. Dre allowed Eminem to concentrate on the process of songwriting rather than production, which was largely, largely taken care of by Dre. The rapper justified his choice of using Dr. Dre of the map 
for the vast majority of the production due to the long collaborative history and musical chemistry only he and Dre shared, which we've talked about a lot. They have a great chemistry together. Amazing. Yes. yes. This allowed the rapper to pick the beats from Dr. Dre's catalog that challenged him rhythm-wise to experiment with different flows. The making of the album uh, progressed at the Effigy studio up to a year after, as recorded sessions were then moved to Orlando in, in September of 2008. By then, Eminem had begun to start writing verses again at such a pace that he often took more time to record the lyrics than to write them. Um, he credited sobriety for his new creative run, acknowledging that his mind was free of the clutter that blocked him during his drug abuse in the last years. Uh, Dr. Dre would start the songwriting process by giving a number of his beats on a CD to Eminem, who in a separate room in the studio would listen and select the ones he preferred and inspired him the most. Eminem would then write lyrics to the instruments, instrumentals while Dr. Dre and his production staff continued to create new music. Once he felt he had written lyrics for enough songs, Eminem would dedicate an entire day to record his song to the point that he would lose his voice for the following days. Mm. At that point, the rapper would then begin to write lyrics for new songs. The process continued for the next six months and allowed Eminem to have enough material for a second album, initially called Relapse 2, which became Recovery. So, ah. real quick, um, I remember watching something about an interview um, with Akon, and they asked Akon how it was working with Eminem. Obviously, they did a song, Smack That, and they did another song too, right? I think. Or they did it each other. Uh, they did it. Uh, I think they did an album uh, or a, a track on each other's album. albums. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they asked Akon how it was work with Eminem. And he said Eminem was the most um, by the book professional uh, rapper that he's ever been with. And when they asked him about it, he's like, Eminem would go in at nine o'clock, record for a few hours, have his lunch break, come back an hour later, keep doing his stuff. And at five o'clock, clock out. And he did that every day. And he asked Eminem about that. And, um, cause you know, everybody's always talking about, you know, musicians stick themselves into rooms for hours upon hours, days upon days until they finish it. Mm-hmm. And then Akon asked Eminem and Eminem said, this is just my job. I'm not going to live my life here. Damn. Uh, yeah. I, I remember hearing, uh, something about that where, uh, M, M was doing a song with somebody, but it wasn't Akon. And, uh, dude showed up at like 6 p.m. was like hey i'm here to record and m wasn't there and he called him and he was like hey man i'm at the studio uh where are you at and he's like i'm at home with my family i'll see you at nine o'clock in the morning don't yeah. be late <laughs> i mean that's what you got but that's the thing like the, i mean yeah, he obviously- truly treats it like a job but that's the thing, like, that's what a lot of these, I mean, I know, I get so every musician, every creative mastermind, every creative person is different on the ways to do it. But a lot of these people just stick themselves in the studio and just stay there for days, weeks until they finish it. And it may be good, but it also may be bad. And they can't tell because they're just in there doing it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, uh, I was watching some, uh, I was watching some documentary and it was about, uh, Slipknot when they created the Iowa record and they would literally they had all this time to create their first record and then the record label says hey you have exactly 18 months to make a brand new record here's you know 
here's you know make write lots of songs make them all be great and mick thompson the guitar player the one that wears the uh, the metal mask um he said that's like handing us a painter a bunch of brushes and a canvas and say hey paint me a picture who the fuck says i want to you know exactly. and the record label was really pushing them to meet their deadline because where while and i think it was uh sean combs that said it one time he said you may want to sell a million records we have to sell a million records yeah. you know so i understand it from the business side of it you want this out and done but at the same time like if you're putting pressure on these artists to make their own to you know to to do your deadline and the song sucks oh you blame the artist no motherfucker you're the one that gave me this timeline you want it, it it's an old saying that i that i've heard in in many different places that i've worked do you want the job done quick or do you want the job done right so uh nor you know nor did an interview talking about record companies in general he talked about how they give you this contract and they give you this upfront money and it looks great because they give you this upfront money to buy you know your jewelry buy your clothes buy your cars buy your house and you spend it because you're young yep what you don't realize is that that money you got to pay back he said that's a loan yeah. that's how they own you they'll sign you three four albums but if your three or four albums don't make them back their money, they make you do another one until you make them back their yep, money. Yeah. And he's like, there's nothing different between that and essentially being an indentured servant because they own you until you give them back their money and they can change it up on you whenever. That's and why That's why a lot of the big record labels are losing a lot of artists. That's why most artists are now going independent because, hell, I can make just as much money working for myself as I can working for these fucking record labels. Yeah, well, uh, Russ, who's another hip hop artist, I don't know if you guys heard him. He's really good. Daniel um, has heard some or has played some of his song stuff, and I like him. But he's made himself a multimillionaire being an independent record artist because he was offered a contract, he read it over, and he hated it because he was going to be forced to make albums he didn't want to make. And then he said, I went online. And I used all the streaming services available and just promoted the shit out of myself. He's like, we're in the time of the internet. What's the point of the record studio besides the money that you can make on your own? Right. Yeah. And especially with established artists, it's easy for them now to be able to do that because they've got the money. Yeah. You know, for an up and coming artist, it's harder because you got to have the money to, uh, you know, get studio time and I mean, everything that's why a lot of these young kids as they're growing up they're getting these jobs you know working fast like obviously the jobs that teenagers can get fast food you know um fast food know, bag whatever. board a grocery store yeah, retail like yeah and they just buy their they make their own studio because they buy all their equipment as they're growing up and then they make their own music on i mean soundcloud the three soundcloud kings x station uh juice world and I can never remember if it was a little peep or a little pump. I can't remember which one it is. Little I, peep. I think it was a little pump. Well, there's a little peep and a little pump. I know that, which one is the one that died. Little peep. No, no peep died. Peep okay. died. Yeah. So those were the three SoundCloud kings, and how did they do it? They made. They had their own studio. We see, but that's one thing. But like, like I, even though people might not like their music or think they garbage or whatever, but that's one reason why I kind of respect Insane Clown Posse because they did do it basically without the assistance of a big record label you know they they started their own record label they started psychopathic records and you know and granted they did I mean, go through a lot of bullshit though. 
Yeah, they had a gimmick. Yeah, but but the but at the time the gimmick worked. You know what I mean? And they were able to bring in a fan base and things of that nature. But also, but because they were able to build up that cachet, build up that you know revenue stream to be able to make money and be able to provide. They were able to give other people opportunities. They were able to sign a Twisted, a Blade Your Dead Homie, an ABK, a Boondocks, you know, Axe Murder Boys. They had the ability to do that. But then once, and again, this may lead into a hip-hop beef thing because now Twisted and Insane Clown Posse have their own beef with each other. Um, all because they wanted to get their masters back or whatever the situation, but that's for a different discussion. Um, but yeah, but for a lot of people, yeah, you can virtually be an independent artist you know, like like you look at even now, like you think of like some artists today, like Dax or Hobson or uh, Tom McDonald and a couple of other ones who have really gotten a lot of, you know, big mainstream, maybe not mainstream attention, but definitely like they're big on YouTube and they're big on Spotify where you don't need a big a big label to sign you. I can make my own money. You know that. And then you ain't got to an answer to nobody. You, you know, you can't be canceled for anything. You know, you, you don't have to worry about a record label holding your your record, you know, saying we're not going to release it until you make this, this and this. Or we're going to go ahead and push it through, even though it's not done yet and make you look like an asshole. You know, so many different things. So, yeah, I mean, nowadays, I think it's it's I think it's better for people to be more independent with their music and their art, because once you sign over basically once you sign on that dotted line you're signing basically your whole performance and your gimmick and your life basically to this record label who can literally like what you were saying a minute ago raj they can literally hold you hostage if they want to oh yeah sorry i thought you were on season else so i was waiting oh no no, no i was done sorry <laughs> okay no you're good I, thought... I tend to ramble a little bit i apologize <laughs> no no like i mean it was precedent to what we were talking about so i was just like i thought you were gonna i thought you were taking a breath to say something else i was just waiting <laughs> no no no, no i'm good um, sorry go ahead guys <laughs> but no um i mean we we talked about it before but the the best to do it master p made himself a multi-millionaire selling out the trunk of his car yep no and then put other needed. people on exactly <laughs> yep. then he put up he put on he put on mystical he put on um you know you know see murder he put on uh, Silk. Then C-Murder put well, it on somebody. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, but he put C-Murder and Silk on just because they were his brothers. And right. First of all, he didn't put Silk on. I mean, Silk never caught on. Well. <laughs> he had one good song. One. No, that was it. Mystical had one. that song. Mystical had that song for No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. He had, he, had, he had MVP's theme music. That was it. That was it. That's God, the only thing. It's so garbage. It might be garbage, but you know what? When you hear it, you think of... MV- okay, yeah, but I, I guess it... I, like, I don't think it of fits MVP. It fits MVP though. That song fits MVP though. Like Tropicana, I got the juice. <laughs> I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it fit MVP. <laughs> I don't think anybody even knew like the song besides the tick tock. You hear the clock ticking, <laughs> and then he come out at the big old inflatable thing. I wish he would come out of it again, but being with Bobby Lashley, you don't need it. But we're not talking about wrestling. Um, we already did that. <laughs> uh, right. But no, uh, on to the next part. Uh, so relapse two became recovery, which would make sense because he didn't relapse again. He did recover. Right. Uh, so during the recorded period, a handful of songs intended for relapse were leaked on the internet. Oh, here's the songs: the incomplete version of Crack a Bottle. Uh, the song was a, was finished in Ju- the song was finished in January 2009 and featured vocals from Dr. Dre and Fifty Cent. 
Um, despite the leak, the album was being completed in a state of near total secrecy, according to the British newspaper, The Independent. Even Polydor Records, the multinational owner of Interscope, had no information on the album at the time. On April 23rd, Eminem suggested he and possibly Dr. Ray were the only ones in possession of the final copy of Relapse. His manager, good old Paul Rosenberg, added that even Eminem's record labels were not in possession of the music less than a month before its release to prevent possible bootlegging, which is right. what, which is what every artist should do, or just exactly. not rec- or not have a record label, right? Or not have a major record label, have an independent record label or your own record label. Um, so, Crack a Bottle was one of the ones. I wonder what the other songs were. I can't remember. Um, but an incomplete version of Crack a Bottle, so I guess it was just his verse on it. It's possible that, it, or maybe one of the verses. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think 50 Cent would have been on until they finished the song because he was added on like almost last minute. So it's yeah. maybe just him and Dre, or maybe Dre's, or maybe hit like who knows? I can't remember. Um, right. from back then. Um, so with an interview in. Double XL, Eminem described the concept behind Relapse to be the ending of his drug rehabilitation and thus rap as if he was on drugs again, as well as the return of his fictional alter ego Slim Shady. According to the interviewer, uh, that one Thomas, I guess how you say that dude's first name? Eminem's that one or that one, yeah. That one, yeah. That one, that one. Uh, Damn, whose name is that one? <laughs> Hit I'm sorry, go ahead. Hit it at the, hit it at the park there, man. <laughs> um, Eminem's influence for the album came from his own past drug addictions and from television shows and documentaries, including crime and serial killers. As the rapper was fascinated by serial killers and their psyche and their mind states. In a May 2009 interview for the New York Times, Eminem discussed the view of serial killers stating, you listen to these people talk or you see them, they look so regular. What does a serial killer look like? He doesn't look like anything. He looks like you. You can be living next to next door to one. If I live next door to one, uh, if I live next door to you, you could be. If I guess he meant to say, if I live next door to you, you could be. You could be a serial killer. Yeah, but like it's weird that he ended it that way. It's weird the way. Yeah. Well, it also could be the way that it was written on the thing too. Yeah. So, uh, but music critic Robert. Uh, Christgo, 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 yeah. I guess, interpreted the opening line to the album featuring the phrase "horror corridor" as Eminem telling listeners this is a horrorcore album. Ben Kaplan of the Vancouver Courier also categorized it as horrorcore album, and powers of the Los Angeles Times of the album's horrorcore scenes show Eminem as a madman created by the hypocrisy of therapy. Music journalist Rob Sheffield remarked on his sensational drug references and said the relapse said that relapse is a hip hop version of comedian Richard Pryor's live on the sunset strip. I mean, like we said before, I, I did, I didn't like it because of how, how it was, but if his idea behind the album was to act like he was drugged, you know, on drugs again and it make, it be, make it be slim shady on drugs, I guess that makes sense. in that, perspective um but yeah i, I i'm gonna give the album another i'll listen to the rest of the album another day but i just i couldn't finish it today <laughs> uh, i understand but 
uh, Relapse Open was a skit. Dr. West was actor Dominic West from The Wire, who's an amazing, amazing show and amazing actor. Yes. Um, he voices a drug counselor who is untrustworthy untrustworthiness causes Eminem to fall back to his drugs and to return to his some shady character. Let's get at least to 3 a.m. where Eminem depicts himself as a serial killer during a murder spree. When 3 a.m. was released as a single prior to the album's one own release, Eminem noted that the song closely mirrored what he believed was the overall dark tone of the album. On My Mom, the rapper traces his addictive tendencies to his mother and shows how he became a drug addict just like her. Eminem continues his family tales on Insane, where he imagines himself as a victim of child sexual abuse. For Eminem, the goal of Insane was to make... To make... On Eminem, the goal of Insane was to make a song that would disgust the listeners. Would make a song. They just forgot the letter there. Um... <laughs> And make them puke. Adding that he came up with the idea of thinking of the song's first line, I was born with a dick in my brain. Yeah, fucked in the head. That song is fucking just horrible. I didn't like it's, that. Like, I it, really it is the to... worst song. It is one of the worst songs lyrically. I mean, story-wise, lyrically, I mean, yeah. I mean, when I was, listening to, when I was listening to it, I was just like, man, this song... I get what he's Fucked going. Up. Well, he, I, I was like, oh, he's trying, he's trying to be out there and be slim shady again. I was like, man, he's like, you're so much better than this. And I, like, that's my idea behind his whole album was like, you're so much better than this. Right. All right, um, we'll continue. Then Mariah Carey and her den, current her den husband, uh, Nick Cannon, were targeting bagpipes for Baghdad, where Eminem raps over a uh, punji loop. Um, after Hello, where Eminem reintroduces himself after years of being absent mentally, he continues his violent fantasies on Same Song and Dance, where he abducts and murders Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. The upbeat rhythm of Same Song and Dance reminded Eminem of a dance track, which inspired him to write something in order to get women to dance to it and not really know what the fuck they're dancing to without listening to the lyrics, which happens a lot nowadays. Yeah. On the ninth track of the album, We Made You, Eminem mocks several celebrities and plays the role of a pop star serial killer. Eminem noted that the various celebrity bashings were not meant to be seen as personal tags, but it was rather picking names that ever had that rhyme was the words he wanted to use during the writing process. Uh, yeah, but that's Ma- typical Eminem, though, right? I mean, he's always taking shots at celebrities. Yeah, but those were personal attacks. Well, not personal attacks, but like things he did. They were like- strategic. Part, well, it was mostly pop stars that he just didn't like at the time. Right. Or Everlast. Um, <laughs> or, cannabis. or Cannabis. Or DJ Lethal. <laughs> yeah. Or Fred Durst. Well, they used to be friends. No, they used to be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they may get back to... What if they got back? What if they became friends again and just... Oof. Oof, please. We'll oh, see what happens. You know. Uh, Medicine Ball, Eminem mocks and impersonates deceased actor Christopher Reeve in order to get his audience to laugh at it. And then almost feel bad for laughing. The next track is Stay Wide Awake, which Eminem raps about assaulting and raping women. Dr. Dre also has a guest appearance on Old Time's Sake, a duet Eminem described as a fun yet reminiscent record reminiscent record of old times in which he and Dre rap back and forth through between each other, advocating the use of of marijuana for creative and financial benefits. The song Must Be the Ganja follows where Eminem raps that working in studio and recording studio is like a drug and an addiction for him. 
Uh, after the skit, Mr. Mathers, where Eminem is found unconscious in the bathroom by paramedics due to drug overdose and taken to the hospital, Deja Vu addresses the overdose, his overdose in 2007, and the drug dependency during his hiatus from music. On the song, Eminem also explains how this has affected him in the last five years to the point where his daughter has become scared of her father's behavior. Beautiful, a ballad which samples Reaching Out by Queen and Paul Rogers also deals with the same time period where Eminem believed that he had reached rock bottom and lost hope for his future. Eminem felt it was important to include Beautiful on the album as a reminder to himself as well as anybody who is in a dark place that you can get out of it. That was a weird way for them to finish off to say to anybody in a dark place that you can get out of it. After Cracking Bottle, a collaborator with Dr. Dre and 50 Cent relapse ends with Underground. On the final track, Eminem sought to bring back to his music and lyrics the subject matter and punchlines reminiscent of hip-hop shot times. Um, the hip-hop shot was a closing store in Detroit where uh, local rappers Eminem uh, would compete in freestyle battles. We talked about that on his first album. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before he had become famous and thus did not have to worry about the explicit content of his lyrics. Uh, so relapse refill, uh, relapse to and recovery, uh, because of Eminem's recorded far more material than he could use for one album. Um, and that he felt had to offer, ugh, I can't read today because Eminem recorded far more material than he could use for one album and felt that he had to offer his fans uh, more music after staying on hiatus for long. Uh, fellow D12 member Swift confirmed that Eminem, in fact, had planned to put out two albums in the same year following Relapse 2, following with Relapse 2 in late 2009, which later became, obviously, Recovery. According to Angela Yee's Shady 45 interview with Eminem on uh, April 23, 2009, Relapse was supposed to be a continuation of Relapse 2 was supposed to be a continuation of Relapse. During his interview, Eminem confirmed it's extremely close to being finished. It just depends on how many songs I want to put on it. Eminem also explained the album was more emotionally driven than Relapse, which was, as he explained, just rap records. Guest, appearance, guest appearances were expected to come from likes of Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, D12, Royce to 5'9", Lloyd Banks, Cashes, and the album was subsequently pushed back for an early 2010 release. So Eminem decided to re-release Relapse as Relapse Refill, which includes bonus disc, which includes seven more tracks, including the song Forever, originally, originally on more than a game soundtrack. Um, that was, okay, that was on Relapse. Um, mm-hmm. Taking My Ball, which was released on DJ Hero, which I hope none of you know what that is, as well as five previously <laughs> unreleased tracks on his re-release, Eminem stated, I want to deliver more material for the fans this year than like I really planned. Hopefully these tracks on the refill on the refill will uh, tide the fans over until we put out Relapse 2 next year. On April 13th, 2010, Eminem tweeted, There is no Relapse 2, thus announcing that the album had been scrapped in favor of his new project, Recovery. While recording Relapse 2 and witnessing the mixed reaction of his predecessor among fans and critics alike, Eminem decided to throw away most of the recorded material and start from scratch. The result did not seem to him as continuation of Relapse, but more of an individual project that deserved its own name. Eminem said, I had originally planned for Relapse 2 to come out late, last year but as i kept recording and working with new producers the idea of the sequel to relapse started to make less and less uh sense to me 
and I wanted to make a completely new album. The music on Recovery came out with it came out very different from Relapse, and I think it deserves its own title. The now renamed album debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart uh, with first week sales at 741,000 uh, copies in the United States. As of September 25th, 2011, the album had sold 4,040,000 copies in the United States and was also the best album of 2010 worldwide and a Grammy for Best Rap Album. Back to back Grammys for the rap album of the year. Right. But um, Refill had songs uh, Forever, which is actually really good. Um, as for the More Than a Game soundtrack, um, the movie is the LeBron James uh, high school uh, journey into the pro league. Um, even if you're not a fan of LeBron, you should watch that documentary. It's actually really good and insightful on young Akron hero LeBron James and right. how, what he had to go through literally living with his coach because he couldn't live with his parents to actually be a basketball star. Um, Hell Breaks Loose featuring Dr. Dre, uh, Buffalo Bill, Elevator, Taking My Ball, Music Box, and Drop the Bomb on Him. Then he had an iTunes Deluxe Edition. That's very outdated too. Uh, My Darling, Careful What You Wish For. Uh, we made you the single version. Uh, obviously, all his singles, We Made You, Crack a Bottle, 3AM, and We Made You. Uh, music video? That's weird that you would release it as a deluxe edition. Um, so, what do you guys, like, want to jump right into it now? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we can, I mean, you basically ran down the track listing, but, uh, uh, you you said you listened to about sixty percent of the Stay album. Wide Awake is so, where I got so to Stay Wide Awake. So okay, track so you, twelve technically. Yeah, so you missed Old Time Sake with Dr. Dre. That was a good song. Um, I really enjoyed Must Be the Ganja. Yeah. Uh, the beat to it is really good. Uh, after that, there's a skit, uh, Mr. Mathers, and then you have Deja Be- Deja Vu and Beautiful. Uh, if you haven't listened to Beautiful, th- that it really is a uh, a, a good track. Uh, it's very you could tell it's very heartfelt, and uh, it's so different from a anything else on this album, and b almost anything else he's ever done. My personal opinion, I think if I think I mean, this just might be me. I think the song Beautiful would have fit better on Recovery than Relapse. If that makes sense. Yeah, probably. Maybe. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, uh, and the music video was, you know, up there too. Um, it, it, he was, um, you know, we, we, we was talking about going through Detroit, going through the old manufacturing plants of the old Ford plants and things of that nature and um, made it more like a, it was it was like a it was just a home homey kind of video, you know. Um. So you're saying I stopped right before the good songs? Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> also, a, a weird little funny tidbit for us, I guess. If you guys look at the producers for Bagpipes from Baghdad, mm, no. Look at the names if you can, real quick. Marshall Mathers, Andre Young, Mark Batson. That's writers. Trevor Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. (laughs) 
Trevor Lawrence Jr. Oh, Sunshine's baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Let, let, let's let's just go straight to straight to the top. Let's go to the track listings. Well, I was gonna um, say if we're, if we're talking Trevor Lawrence Jr., uh, he also produced other songs by Eminem, "Lock It Up," "Little Engine," "Never Love Again," "Bagpipes from Baghdad," "Discombobulated." Uh, she loves me, and then uh, he produced uh, some songs on Dr. Dre's Compton concept album, "Just Another Day," "One Shot Kill," "Issues," "Loose Cannons." Uh, it looks like maybe uh, oh he produced "Mortal Man" by Kendrick Lamar, "Galloway Girl" by Ed Sheeran. So, oh, speaking of a little side note about Kendrick Lamar, um, apparently he contacted uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker about making a comedy movie. Oh, that'd be cool. So, I wonder if it's gonna be like a hip hop comedy movie, and I wonder if it's gonna be a good hip hop comedy movie. Or will they include South Park characters? <laughs> well, I think it's gonna be a live action one. Well, that might be that might work, that might work, that might work better. You know, I mean, it's never gonna beat the masterpiece that they created called Basketball, but. Yeah, movie was horrible. That movie was great. First off, sir, I wasn't a fan oh, of it. Oh, basketball! Yes, I love Shit basketball. Yeah. I wish that was yes. a real sport. We should make it nowadays. You know how all these people make all these weird sports like spike ball and cornhole, uh, slam ball. Slam, slam ball is fucking amazing. I love slam ball. Uh, but no, I want basketball. The rules are very convoluted, like extremely convoluted. But it's so entertaining to watch. Um, so I'm gonna let you guys break down the album pretty much because, like I said, I didn't make it all the way through, and the songs I did listen to, I just I didn't like any of them. I was just like, uh, like I said, I thought he definitely could have done better. Um, well, we definitely want your opinion on the songs that we are going to talk about. Obviously, first of all, the first song, well, really, it isn't even the song. It's just the it's the it's the skit entitled Doctor West. Um, he comes in, he's like, "Good morning, Marshall." He's like, "Good morning, Doc." Uh, we're just charging you today. How are you feeling? Uh, anxious, anxiety. You know that doing that whole thing uh, to where he goes. He's like, "Oh, come on, Marshall, you're a big boy now. You sound like a bit of a baby." And he's like, and he's just trying to tell him, you know, well, I got to get back to, you know, I got to start going to meetings. What do you need to go to meetings for? You're a baby fitting to schedule. You know, they're not requirement. Well, I thought sobriety was the most important thing. Well, what else are you thinking? I mean, I gotta, you know, start practicing the steps and. Oh, there's a lot of them, aren't they? Well, 12, but, you know, really, I don't even know all of them. And then he goes, well, what do I do if I find myself in a situation? Maybe somebody is drinking around me, uh, you know, or something like that, and I get tempted to take a drink. What? Take a drink, you know, take the edge off. Take the edge off, man. If I start doing that, man, I, I know what that's going to lead to. And it says, oh, do you mean these? And then you hear a a pill bottle, a, a pill bottle rattling with pills in it. You know what they, and call then you that? Hear, they call that the Boone County main call. Yeah, that's West <laughs> Virginia main call. Right, yeah, that's, that's but then you hear is. the, but then you hear the, the, but then you hear the doctor's voice get real distorted. Like, what's your matter, Marshall? You know, and all that kind of shit. I can't do a good distortion of the voice. Um, but it's the whole time it's like, you can't leave me. You can never leave me, Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. And then you hear him screaming, and then like a beep, 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 like an alarm clock going off. He hits it, turns, oh shit, which goes straight into three a.m. Um, and three a.m. like what we talked about is about basically a serial killer uh um any thoughts on 3am uh for either one like okay let's ask raj says raj just recently started listening to it again 
what were your initial thoughts on 3AM? Like, like I said, all these songs, I was just like, man, he's so much better than this. I heard 3AM. I was like, I get like his lyrical, his construction of a song lyrically is good. Um, it's clever, but I'm just like, I don't want Slim. I don't want Goofy Slim Shady. I want I want Eminem. I want Marshall Mathers. I want that you know subject pretty much instead of the Goofy. Oh, I'm a serial killer. I'm a rapist. Like I was like, ah, like especially like I said after we've already listened to his first four albums and how he evolved and started lessening his usage of Slim Shady besides the studio forcing him to do it. And how he evolved lyrically, subject matter wise, how he was actually saying things, and then to go straight back to deeper, 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 women rape, 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 kill, kill, drug, drug, drug. I'm like, come on. Yeah, I mean, you know, this song starts if we just skip the intro. Uh, he says, "You're walking down a horror corridor. It's almost four in the morning, and you're in the nightmare." Uh, it's horrible, right? There's the coroner waiting for you to turn the corner, and he can, so he can corner you. You're a goner, uh, and, and then it goes on. It says, uh, "Contemplating my next plot again, swallowing a Kalana pin while I'm nodding in and out of the Ottoman at the Ramada Inn." Like it, it's just right back to, you know. I, I, I'm, I've done these drugs or I'm doing these drugs and right. you know I don't know it's it's like it's almost as if this song was the beginning of uh, the SoundCloud era because as we know the SoundCloud era is all about like doing drugs and, and saying hey you know I, I'm, I'm on you know syrup and Vicodin and Kalanapin and you know Zannies or whatever. Well, I mean, a lot of those, a lot of those guys did state that Eminem was their biggest inspiration and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, and this would have been the time, really, when they would have been more starting getting really influenced. Because I mean, I mean, Juice World, all of them actually were like in their early twenties. I think Juice World was twenty one, maybe. Well, when he died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, they were all super young uh, teenagers. Yeah, or uh, early onset of adolescence. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then the chorus goes, it's 3 a.m. in the morning, put my key in the door, and bodies laying all over the floor, and I really don't know how they got there, but I guess I must have killed them. You know, almost as if, like, hey, these drugs made me kill, and I didn't even know that I killed, you know, almost. Um, it, like, yeah, it, like to me, it, it's just – sorry. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, go ahead, because I, I was going to talk about verse two. Um, like – just to me overall listening to this especially this being the opening one i was just like ah am i gonna have to listen to this pretty much every single song and for the first 12 tracks well there's a couple skits in between but for the first eight songs actual eight songs i think it's pretty much that i'm just like ah like why like why like like i like maybe one or two three maybe but then just a whole album with it being this goofy nonsense like the stuff we hated on encore it's pretty much just this as an album again i'm just like ah like are you gonna talk make another song about shitting yourself or something like uh i just couldn't do it 
Yeah, you know, and then in the verse two, he, he, it starts with sitting nude in my living room. It's almost noon. I wonder what's on the tube. Maybe they'll show some boobs surfing every channel until I find Hannah Montana. Then I reach for the aloe and lanolin, bust all over the wall paneling. Like, come on now. And it's like, I like I can understand if he was be like like I said, if it was like one or two where it's just like a parody of or satire, you know, look of like expecting like oh this is gonna be slim shady, and then he went into like Marshall or like Eminem, like Eminem can still be a little goofy here and there, but still be serious when he's Marshall is all serious matter and everything like that. But like I was like ah. No, like I don't, I don't want to listen to this over and over again. Like you're better than this. You've matured. We don't need you to. You don't need to still do this to be relevant. Like yeah. it's just one of those things. I just like I couldn't. Uh, like I was just like, ah. but the beat's good too. So I'm like, why? Like you could have done something better. And I understand. Like I said, I could understand if he went from being, you know, Eminem, the serial killer, rapist, and then to like a point being like oh here's the recovery part of it and then him going into being eminem and being like yeah i'm, I'm rehabilitated and everything and it'd be like marshall like oh this is real i'm about to pour my soul out to you but no it's just the, it's just the goofy um prebuescent stuff like oh yeah dick jokes you know sex rape murder haha shock value Oh, I mean, we're we, we going to get into some shock value here in a couple of songs. Um, but the next song on the album is the song entitled My Mom. Well, wait, which wait, is, what did you think of it? What, 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 what did I think of 3 a.m.? Yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's not the worst song on the album. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm you're, saying that you're right. <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst song on the album. Yeah, um, you're right about that. You know, uh, but I mean, again, I mean, how much more? I mean, how much can you talk about? You know, which I get the concept. You know, oh, you know, Slim Shady's the serial killer, the alter ego, and stuff like that. You know, but kind of like what you said. Like, I mean, because a lot of times, like an Eminem record does bounce back and forth a lot. But again, like it was like an overabundance of the of the shit that we really didn't like we always because we we know about because even back on the at least when he did the slim sh- in, in, at the slim shape like like in the song as the world turns or something where he was like <clears throat> you know i met a slut and said what up it's nice to meet you i like to treat you to a fago and a slice of pizza but i'm broke as fuck i won't get paid to the first of next month if you care to join me i was about to roll this next blunt Wait, I ain't got no weed fillings or no papers. Plus, I'm a rapist and repeated prison escapist. So give me all your money and don't try nothing funny because you know your stinking ass is too fat to try to outrun me. At least when he said that, he like acknowledged the bad thing, but he didn't go overboard with it. And I felt like for this, not just this song in particular, but for this whole album, especially for some of the next songs we're fixing to talk about, he went overboard a bunch. So fuck it. Let's just go straight into it. This well, next, I, go I'm ahead. Trying to, like I'm trying to fathom like the best way to describe it. It's like watching, it's like watching, like a stand-up comedian do the same joke a different way in the same in the same like set, like, or his, his taking the joke will always be the same, right? Uh huh. Or taking oh, the ahead, same joke, or what I mean, taking the same joke. And then adding more shit to it that doesn't need to go there. Yeah. Like, how many times can you make the same dick joke over and over again? You know? Right. 
or how many times can you make the same? Oh, I'm a big uh, surprise. I raped her. Like, like, okay, it was funny the first time. Maybe if you played like you did a good build up the second time, okay. But third and fourth time, are like, is this all you've got? And like I said, like the whole album was, is this what you got still? Like, and like I said, I got to twelve. I got to track number twelve. Stay wide awake, and then you guys said right after that is when it starts getting good. So I'm like. Ah. Of course, I had to stop when it got good. (laughs) Right. I guess better. Right. Well, let's move on to the next one, because I do think that this next one, the next one does have one of my one of my favorite bars in it. And the song is called My Mom. Um, Basically, the song is about about Jim and his mom saying that she she's the reason why he is on drugs, because he used to watch her be on drugs all the time. It says. At one point, it says in the first verse, he goes, Valium was in everything, food that I ate, the water that I drank, fucking peas on my plate. She sprinkled just enough of it to season my steak. So every day I'd have at least three stomach aches. Um, like, see, if he would have done something like, like if he would have put lyrics like that, that actually like explain stuff instead of just being goofy, like that was a, that was not a, I mean, it, that may not be a true bar. It may not be truth, but it's more relatable, more understandable, more conscientious, I guess, to describe like, oh, if this actually did happen with youth, it explains things that are happening, like why he's like this and stuff like that. But like, uh, it's literally like a, like a little smidget of like salt every now and then on your food or like a little bit of sugar here and there to sweeten something up. But overall, like how much sugar you have to put on a turd before it's no longer a turd. Right. Uh, no, but the part that always got me, I heard when I heard it the first time, I died laughing. Well, I didn't die laughing, but I thought it was hilarious. Um, is when it said, pee in a teacup, bitch, you ain't my keeper. I'm sleeping. What the fuck you keep fucking with me for? Slut, you need to leave me the fuck alone. I ain't playing. Go find you a white crayon and color a fucking zebra. When I heard "Go find you a white crayon and color a fucking zebra," I thought, "What the fuck, dude?" It made me laugh so hard, like it was so such an unintentional laugh. But when I heard it, but I was like, "That was that's something you probably tell to somebody who just like you just don't like you just don't like." Like, man, man, shut the fuck up. Go, go, for, get your white crayon and color a zebra or something, you know? Because yeah. it's like, oh, the zebra's white, but the paper's white, so <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. Um. But yeah, but the song he constantly talking because in the course it says my mom loved Valium and lots of drugs. That's why I am like I am because I'm like her because my mom loved Valium and lots of drugs. That's why I am what I'm on because I'm my mom. Even though in the last two albums he just you know talks so much shit about his mother. And that's my thing is like, why did he rehash the issue with his mom again? I think because that's what he believed that people wanted from the album because it was still slim shady and slim shady always talked about, you know, um, always talked about his mother. Yeah. But like, like I said, at this point we, we had already gotten the maturity of leaving this slim shade behind. Like, and for the, for every other album after this, there, it, there is no, well, I'm not gonna say there isn't any slim shady. There's here pieces here and there, but the rest, like, but, the rest of his albums is pretty much Eminem and Marshall. 
pretty much. It's like a, it's almost a 50-50 where, you know, you get the Eminem where every now and then he'll say something goofy or silly or shock value worth, but it's not like the extremity. It's not like a billion percent, like ridiculous, stupid stuff. It's like, you know, he say something here, you get a little, oh, wow, kind of thing. But then like, again, he'll start rapping and you're like, okay, I can relate to that, what he's saying right there, stuff like that. But like, man... Like, yeah, but then but the third verse, especially the last four bars of the third verse where he goes, I, Ma, you win. I don't feel like arguing. I'll do it, pop and gobble it, and start wobbling. Stumble, hobble, tumble, slip, trip. Then I fall in bed with a bottle of meds and a Heath Ledger bobblehead. Making references because this was around the time that Heath Ledger, you know, died of his um, accidental drug overdose after... Um, the greatest you know, performance of the Joker. I mean, well, he actually, but I think it was he was actually filming uh, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. Uh, is that the correct movie, Chip? Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 But I think a, he was filming. It's that a really at the time. good movie, but it's really weird. Too. That actually, but that actually was filmed before. No, he was in the process of filming it uh, when he died. That's right. Um, because but, Johnny but Depp, his, Jude Law, and Ewan McGregor. Colin Farrell. Or, or I thought Colin, it was Colin Farrell. It may have been Colin Farrell. Uh, stepped in and recorded extra parts that he was supposed to record. Yeah. And then donated all of the money they made to his daughter. Yeah, uh, but I was going to say, during the that, that's where he died. But at the same time, he was still dealing with the Joker mentality issue. Yes. Uh, yeah. He just played into that role and... A lot of actors, you know, they get into that role, you know, um, and well, Nicholson even told him like, "Hey, don't go too far." Yeah, so, I mean, after a while, after Nicholson did uh, that role, after a while, he he wasn't he wasn't the same there for a while either. Yeah, I mean, he was. But uh, what do you think about uh, my mom? Uh. uh... So this was one of the songs that I didn't like. Uh, like it was, it, it was basically him, like saying that that all of his drug problems are because of his mom. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, like I said a second ago, it's like why bring up, why rehash the issue with the mom? Like we're way past this point. You're for you're. Did he talk about her in Encore? Like, uh, he really had a remember. song, right? But yeah, like at I this point, so. like, but like, why? Like at this point, he should have washed his hands off with her, just moved on. There's, li- there was literally other things in your life that should have eclipsed this. Even it, like, like I said, it's like it's five minutes long. Yeah, that yeah. And it's almost like they stretched it yeah that and 3 a.m both i think that's why i didn't like both of them because they were so long and i was just like ah uh like yeah it's like when on. is this song gonna be over yeah um but i guess we can move on to the third one uh third which is by song. far the most it literally when eminem described it it was the most disgusting song he's ever written i, I can't i can't think of one that's even more disgusting insane yes that song was just straight up just ugh. I mean uh, talking about you know child abuse and 
I, things of that nature. Especially the first, the first verse was the one that gets you, and the second verse was kind of tame by comparison. Well, then the, yeah, I mean, because the first verse, he, he it starts off was I was born with a dick in my brain. Yeah, fucked in the head. My f- stepfather said I sucked in the bed till one night he snuck in and said we're going out back. I want my dick sucked in the shed. Can't we play with Teddy Roskin instead? After I fuck you in the butt and get some head, bust a nut, get some rest. The next day, my mother said, I don't know what the fuck's up with this kid. The bastard won't even eat nothing he's fed. He just hung himself in his bedroom. He's dead. Like, good lord. Yeah, he's like, Debbie, don't let that fucker get you upset. Go in there and stick a fucking cigarette to his neck. I bet you he's faking it. I bet you. I bet he just wants to see how upset you would grit. I'll go handle this in case unless you object. And then I'll go fuck his brains out if he's left in his head. Like, whoa. Yeah. Are you encouraging this shit? The fuck? It, it's fuck crazy. you, Debbie. <laughs> you know, and the, the chorus goes, uh, if you could count the skeletons in my closet, under my bed, and up under my faucet, then you would know I've completely lost it. Is he nuts? No, he's insane. If you could count, and then it repeats itself. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. This is one of those ones that, um, it, it, it felt like it was shock value for shock value. That's yeah, what I felt like. It's, like all, too, it's yeah. all just a bunch, like a lot of these songs are just like, oh, I want to be extreme. I'm going back to the yeah. old goofiness that I could be like, and, and like, it was just him saying words to say words. Yeah, I, I, th- there's there's one line that that kind of made me pop and I laughed at, uh, where he says, uh, "Then he played ping pong with his own ding dong." The yeah. motherfuckers got nuts like King Kong. Like I, I lost for whatever reason, I lost it. Like even when I was listening <laughs> to it today, like I I lost it at that line. And dude, I, was, I, lo- dude, I, I don't know if you heard a minute ago. Yeah, but when, when I said, uh, you know, go, go find you a white crayon and color fucking zebra. I still- yeah, that. Uh, but then verse three even is is worse, you know, because he's talking about felching and all that. And, <clears throat> you know, said uh, he, he watched a movie that was like Nightmare on Elm Street but it was x-rayed and they called it pubic hair on Chelsea. Well, this is called ass rape and we're shooting the jail scene. Like, I don't know. This one was, was one of those, like it shock value for shock value. It legit. I think he intentionally made this song to make people uncomfortable because at the time, you know, he just didn't care, you know? And I mean, it is what it is, but still, you know, they didn't say he made the song while he was sober, too. Yeah. I thought he made Beautiful while he was sober. No, Beautiful, he was still on drugs. Ah. Uh, well, let's go from that song yeah, to... Yeah, he said, he said Beautiful was when he wasn't sober. Yeah. Okay. So the next song we go to is the Bagpipes from Baghdad. The Mariah Carey song, Bagpipes yeah. from Baghdad. Now, I will admit, I did like the... The beat to this one, it had the had the the, the, the Arabic, you know, um, the Punjabi mix, the Punjabi, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm like I like that the way the drums and all that kind of connected together. Um, I mean, Pujabi and then he started, beats. huh? Punjabi songs got beats, do they, they do? do. Um, 
but yeah, but this then, was. Go ahead. I, I was going to say this is the the first time where we hear him kind of go in at Mariah Carey and uh, Nick Cannon, Nick Cannon, which was like I always like laughed like aha, Eminem and Nick, and Nick Cannon had beef, and then I'm like I hear the song playing, I was like, oh, this is lame. Yeah, it's like this is lame. Like you're you're not over Mariah, really. Yeah. Like come I, on. I mean, you know, the, 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 the first verse is like the Mariah's wine cellar. All I had for lunch was bread, wine, more bread, wine, and Captain Crunch. Red wine for breakfast and for brunch. And to soak it up all in between snack crackers to munch. Mariah, whatever happened to us? Why did we have to break up? All I asked for was a glass of punch. Uh, and then there's some more to it. And then he says, Nick Cannon, better back the fuck up. I'm not playing. I want her back, you punk. Like <laughs> this is Hello Kitty bread bedspread satin funk mixed with Egyptian with a little rap and punk. Like he's just saying words to say words. Yeah, saying words to say words. Then it's like right here. I, I mean, I really want you bad. You cunt, Nick. You had your fun. I want to come kick you in your sack of junk. Man, I could use a fresh batch of blood. So prepare your vernacular for Dracula acupuncture. Like. Come on, like, yeah. Um, is this really a diss track? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then in the second verse, it's the whole. They do pretty much the same thing. Um, it says, uh, "I'm trying to." It says, "Nick Cannon, you prick! I wish you luck." Oh, let me start over from this point. It says, "Okay, get it stuck in your cornea. Nice knowing you, Norman." You're so fucking annoying. Drop the shovel, boy. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. I ain't playing no fucking more, Nick Cannon. You prick. I wish you luck with the fucking whore every minute. There's a sucker born. Snuck up on Malachi. Made that motherfucker suck on my shuck of corn. Um, which is a reference to uh, Malachi from uh, the Children of the Corn movies. Um, and the shuck of corn. <laughs> and then he goes into shuck of, shuck of corn. Shuck of corn. <laughs> Hit Jason in the face with a hockey puck and told him I was fucking. Told him it's fucking on. Like, what the fuck does Jason Voorhees have to do with the next? What you were just talking about? So yeah, running over the snowblower with the lawnmower. Like, yeah, he's literally just saying words to say words. Like, there's nothing to this. No, this is one of those were ones like <clears throat> it was. It was funny because he was going in at Nick and Mariah, but. It also didn't make sense at all. And the thing is, why was it like another re, like another thing? Why is he rehashing the Mariah thing? Like, what is the like? He's jealous that Nick Cannon's with her. Like, really, Nick Cannon? Come on, come on, Eminem. Right. Other and then and then the and then the first line of the, of the third verse says, "In the bed with two brain dead lesbian vegetables. I bet you think they become heterosexuals." <laughs> M is in bed with two lesbian women who are vegetables. After he finishes with them, they can enjoy it, so they can become straight. Is the whole thing? I'm, I'm, I'm. I, I, you no, know, no, I, I get you it. guys it discovered. You guys made me discover genius, so that's what I'm on. I'm looking up like tidbits and stuff. Oh, uh, Spotify actually has all the lyrics for all the music now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I like genius because it has like an, an, annotations and yeah. stuff. Yeah, I like that a little bit better. Yeah, but I mean, but like I said, like I think this is my big when even when the like when the album first came out because when we started this stuff, I always talked about how I didn't like Eminem from Relapse on. 
Um, I always thought relapse was literally like the worst thing he's ever. He well, it is the worst thing he's ever done. Um, and I was like re-listening to it now after. 12, 14 years 14 is it 14 yeah 2008 yeah 14 years like us well still, i guess it came out in 09 so yeah i still think i'm thinking about it i'm still like man this is still so bad especially yeah. going through all his albums like we have been and listening to a lot of this stuff like man like i can understand why like i wouldn't want to call my next album relapse too <laughs> like this is just really bad there's nothing right. to it. Like it's a bunch of emptiness. No. Um, and then the next next song, Hello. Uh, Shady. Which is, it's supposed to serve as this album's My Name Is. Uh, because he's like, uh, you know, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Shady. <clears throat> it's so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you. It, it's been a long time. I'm sorry I've been gone so long. My name is Shady. I never meant to leave you. Uh, but then it, it, it like starts out and you're like kind of vibing with it. Like that intro is kind of doing it. And then the verse hits and it's like, again, what you were saying, like kind of just saying words for saying words. Because it starts with, you see that chick in the gym checking me out. Any second I'm about to stick her neck in my mouth. I lose a pill and I'm recklessly wrecking the house. Like what? How, how do we go from the chick at the gym to now you're at the house? Like, yeah, like yeah, there's no, like, there's no like cohesiveness, pretty much. Yeah, and then he's like, you know, that was supposed to be breakfast. Where the heck is it now? There's the necklace I lost right next to Stephanie's blouse. Man, I should check to see if my mom left any out. Nope. Guess I'll reroute. Maybe somewhere in the depths of the couch. Oh, jackpot! Yeah. Open sesame mouth down the hatch and the feeling you can't match it. I rap to tap on your door with a damn ratchet. Attack, tack, tack and a whore with a damn hatchet. A knapsack pack with like 40 Xanaxes. Shorty come back. I'm trying to score some more lap dances. I'm about to relapse. So baby, pour me some Jack Daniels. Formula 44D and 40s with a bad capsule. The bad apple spoils the bunch. I'm back at you. Like... <clears throat> there's no continuity to the verse and i know no you know when when we first started i I, you know, I was like you know this isn't as bad as i remember it being but it's still bad yeah <laughs> you know yeah it's still, i mean i mean it's it's like out of everything given it was done like this is bad yeah uh you know and, and then the second verse he he's basically asking uh, people to give him drugs but at the same time saying I don't need to buy any because people give them to him you know right and it's like a fifth of rum and two bottles of 151 51 people asleep in my damn living room excuse me hun but what's your name Vivian I woke up next to you naked and um did we huh of course we did but didn't I wrap didn't I strap Jimmy hun I'm looking for the torn rapper, but they don't seem to be one. No offense, baby. I don't mean you no harm, but disease is something I'm trying to keep my penis free from. <laughs> like, all right. Like, it's so, just him being goofy. Like, it, yeah. there's really no, like. Yeah. 
like it, it's just a it's a nothing album. It was a throwaway album. I, I like I understand he was going through, you know, tons of drug issue and death of his friend and everything, but like he had gotten clean. Like he should have re-listened to his album before he released it and been like, no, we can't put this out. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, at this rate, like, who's gonna tell Eminem? No, you have to put the album out. You know, nah, take the time, man. Take the time. Right. Make us multi millions of dollars again. Take your time. Right. I mean, uh, apparently he made millions of dollars off of this one. So. Yeah. I mean, he did. I I want to know what why there's a cult following to it. Like it's. <laughs> it's one of those. I, I me personally, I think it's one of those albums where you either you love it. Or you hate it, and there's no in between. But it's one of is, those. I think it's one of those type of albums. In between, because so if we go backwards, an album, and and how we said on encore, like there was some really good tracks, and then there was four or five that didn't fit the album, and then you know he ended with some really good tracks. This one, it's like there's some really bad tracks. And then they start to get better near the end. Uh, and it's weird, you know. Uh, luckily, we haven't had that, in my opinion, we haven't had that issue since this album. Um, Not that I can remember. Um, yeah. I do have to re-listen to Recovery. Because uh, like mm-hmm. I said, at that point, like I, had, I once Relapse came out, I had pretty much given up on Eminem. So I really do have to listen to it. And I know, right. I know it has... Um, not afraid on it so it's everybody's like oh evidence return to greatness song again but even now when i listen to that song i'm just like man this ain't this song ain't hit like that but well, like it, it's it's a song but i'm not yeah placing the that album, album on that one yeah that album and we'll talk about it more in, in a couple of weeks when we get to it um yes he's rapping but it's more in my opinion more poppy that um, album definitely is yeah so, uh, uh, I was, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it, you know, I was going to go back to relapse and, and say, you know, the next uh, song on the track is, is a skit uh, called Tanya. Which uh, he kidnaps a girl that was hitchhiking in the rain and her car broke down and she has no phone. Like, yeah. Like, really? Like, this is a setup to a bad horror movie. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then from from there you get uh, same song and dance. Um, like I, that's oof, oof. that one was hard to really get through. Like really hard to get through. Right. Um, it's, uh, like the, it was just like I was listening to it. Like come on, man, it, end the song. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, the first verse is like uh, I'm looking at you, yeah, girl. You're kind of taken back by the whole rapper thing, aren't you? probably think you get slapped so dang hard yeah won't even be able to stand up straight aren't you couple rape charges people think you're a monster the police constantly bugging you non-stop i walk up on you well hello tanya i think you got your onstar button inside your car stuck you out of gas do you got a flat <clears throat> i would hate for you to get stranded at the laundromat i got your back why don't you put your laundry basket in the back and sit up front I'm not asking. It's a trap. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, just admit it. Yeah, but like, well, the skit, 
right before this, the, the girl Tanya, like um, as the skit is dying down, you could hear the sound of a duct tape roll being undone. And then she's like, oh, get off me, you know, get the fuck off me, blah, blah, blah. Like, and, was, and it goes into this, and I'm like, oh, another rape abduction thing. Right. Let's rehash the other songs we just did. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and then, uh, like, for me, the chorus doesn't go along with the, the song, because the chorus is like, yeah, baby, do that dance. This is the last dance you'll ever get a chance to do. Girl, shake that ass. You ain't never going to break that glass. That windshield's too strong for you. I said, yeah, baby, sing that song. It's the last song you'll ever get a chance to sing. You sexy little thing, show me what you got. Give it your all. Look at you, look at you, ball. Why are you crying to me? Same song and dance. Like, it, it well, almost I mean, does. It's just an abduction thing, but he's trying to make it. Well, didn't he say he was trying to make this the, the dance song? Yeah, uh, that was the song. Yeah. 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 This is also the one, I think, in the second verse, he abducts Lindsay Lohan, and then the third verse, he abducts. Like, in the second Pretty verse, serious. it says, The first victim I had, she was a big one, big movie star a party girl big fun she was the girl in the media picked on in and out of rehab every four to six months it says she always she's always known for little pranks and slick stunts at nickelodeon flashed the little kids once what an event it was i was sitting in front i was hooked at the first glimpse of them buns and then later on it says hello Lindsay, you're looking a little thin hun how about a ride to rehab get in cunt like okay but starting off on the wrong foot is isn't what you didn't want girl i'm just kidding let's start over again hun see i meant see what i meant was i should have a little intervention come with me to brighton let me relive relieve your tension you little winch your murder wasn't my intention if i wanted to kill you i would have already done it would have already been done. Slowly, the she gets in, and I begin to lynch her with sixty-six inches of extension cord. Fuck. Yeah, like this one. I don't know. Like it's it's again. It's it's not a good song. You know the beat to it's good. Don't get me wrong. I like the beat, but that's about it. Yeah, because it's supposed to be the poppy dance song. Mm-hmm. And considering that he's killing Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears in this song, you know. And again, him rehashing the Britney Spears thing. Like, like that was three albums ago, like, from this point. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, we go to the song We Made You, which is um, a love-hate letter to pop culture in the style of... Um, the real slim shading you know like i get like this was like the main song you know but i remember like i remember that being the big pop one like and i just remember we made you but i literally didn't remember the song until i heard it again like i remember it was the big single off it but like i heard this song i was like oh you made this into a single like yeah i guess Oh, this album, there's not many songs you could make a single out of, I guess. Right. You know, but, and then like in the first, in the first verse, he says, uh, well, look at all the massive masses in the stands 
Shady man, don't massacre the fans. Damn, I think Kim Kardashian's a man. She stomped him just because he asked to put his hands on her massive gluteus maximus again. Squeeze it, then squish it, then pass it to a friend. Can he come back as nasty as he can? Yes, he can. Don't ask me this again. <clears throat> he doesn't mean to lesbian offend, but Lindsay, please come back to seeing men. Samantha's a two. You're practically a ten. I know you want me, girl. In fact, I see you grin. Now come in, girl. Like, go ahead. I don't know. And then he goes in on Ellen DeGeneres, Sarah Palin, uh, Brittany and K-Fed, uh, <laughs> John Mayer. John Cena. Forget beat by Kevin Federline. Yeah. Uh, Does he go after Cena? No. Okay, I'm gonna say, hold on. Did you hear something in the song I didn't? No, I was just the fact that he said K Fed other guy beat John Cena. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Never forget John Cena really was a company man. Yeah. Uh and then, you know, he, he talks about Jessica Alba in this song. Uh Superman. Uh, it's just like he's just like picking out people to talk about for no reason. Well, he said this was a song that he just essentially drew names out of hat just to make it rhyme, but uh, like, uh, like this is stuff like we don't need you to keep doing. Like you didn't have to continue being the anti-pop guy. Yeah. Interestingly enough, in the outro, it also says, Oh, Amy, rehab never looks so good. I can't wait. I'm going back in reference to Amy Winehouse and her stint in rehab, which she unfortunately is no longer with us in this world. Um, a lot of it was due to her drug drug abuse. Her depression um, drug abuse. They actually yeah, made a documentary yeah. about her. They did. That came out yeah, a couple of years ago. That was actually really good. I love yeah. Amy Winehouse. She's one of the greatest voices. And she was part of the 27 Club. Yep. She was 27, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yep. Yeah. Uh, be on the lookout for that episode too, y'all. 27 Club. But we're going to be talking about that we, real soon. We need, to, we need to actually get all our research for that one done. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then the next song is uh, entitled Medicine Ball, where he mocks christopher reeves who had just recently died and so he he's mocking christopher reeves again and like what i don't ever remember why like he had this issue with christopher reeves because uh christopher reeves said that he didn't like it it was like his early on when either slim shady or marshmallow lp came out he said oh i just don't like this guy Right. That, that was what Chris Reeves said. This guy was also in a That's all it took. <laughs> fucking wheelchair. Like he's it's not like his life was going great. He was remembered for something he did back in the day and then fucking couldn't walk again and now you're just like again again, it's something that he at this point should have been better than. Like it was below him. Right. You know, uh I, I don't even really want to talk about this song because I was a Christopher Reeves uh fan. I, I thought he did good uh in pretty much all the movies he was in, you know, uh, even the bad ones. <laughs> yeah. Obviously he best known for playing Superman, but, uh, it's Had a like misfortunate horse riding accident, right? Mm-hmm. It was more horse riding. Yeah. 
Um, and that's also the reason why I won't ride horses because in my youth, I me too. I me, that's that's the same. That's exact reason. Amy, Amy, was, I, you know, Amy's kind of more outdoorsy than I am, and she's like, "Hey, won't you go? Uh, you want to go horseback riding?" I'm like, "I mean, yeah. If you want me to spend the rest of my life in a fucking wheelchair like Christopher Reeves, I'm not. Hell no, you know." Well, I used to make Christopher Reeves joke in my youth, so I was like, "I'm not getting that karma put upon me." Right. The second I ride right. a horse, it's gonna flip over, and I won't be able to walk anymore. Right. And then I might but, be on Lex Express. Right. Well, in case some of you people out there listening don't know, this is what was said, and it was all said in the third verse. Put Christopher Reeves on a unicycle with a kickstand. Kick it up and push him and lead him right into quicksand. Here, you need a hand, big man? Grab hold of this branch with two hands. Man, they don't understand. I'm just sick, man. And then it says, now everybody's pissed at me. Like, it's my fault his name rhymes with so many different words, geez. So, one last time, Mr. Christopher Reeves, won't you break it down for me and just spit the verse, please? And this is where he portrays himself as Christopher Reeves, where he's like, Eminem, I'm going to kill you, and then inhale, because, you know, he was, um, he still had to use that, um, Breathing apparatus. Breathing apparatus. It says, "It says Eminem, I'm going. It says Eminem, I'm going to. I'm coming to kill you. Always hated you and still do. You'll never fill my shoes. My superhero, my Superman costume doesn't even fit you. They don't feel you. You're talking this shit. You're taking this shit too far. Who do you think you are? Hanging my suit up in the Aramar. Okay." Every day I hate you more and more. Throw down the cardboard. Let's break dance if you think you're hardcore. What the fuck? Dude, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That's fucked up. Say, dude. Uh, oh my God. And then from there we go to uh, a Paul skit. Uh, and this oh, one, yeah. yeah. And this one was kind of funny uh, because if you remember in the previous album, uh, Paul Rosenberg calls him into this, his office and. Uh, he says, you know, hey, you know, this album is less than shit. I can't give this to the studio. And Eminem shoots him. No, no, no. That wasn't Paul Rosenberg. That was Steve Berman. That was Steve Berman, yeah. Paul Rosenberg, didn't he fire him in oh, the other skit, right. the skit before? Yeah. No, no, no. He didn't fire him. He he said, it was like, hey, Eminem. Oh, I'm talking about on, 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 on Encore. He goes, hey, Eminem, it's Paul. Um, yeah, um, I just want to let you know, I just talked to the label. And Michael Jackson's really upset about the Just Lose It video. That's what that was. But, um, but didn't he have another skit where he fired Paul or Paul fired him? I don't th- I think this might be the one because it says here, it says, M, it's Paul. Um, I just listened to the entire album. You got to be fucking kidding me. I mean, this this Christopher Reeve shit, you know the guy's dead, right? And then the whole gay stepfather incest rape thing. I, I, I don't have you back on this one. I, I can't even fucking handle it. I'm done. Yeah, I think it was this one, yeah. It was this one, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like Paul just quit. It wasn't like him fired him, he quit, you what's, know. What's so funny is that these were always all voice messages it's all on his phone. Like, yeah. These aren't actual quote-unquote skits. This is him just putting the fucking messages on the album. Or it was made to sound like that. Yeah. I feel like these are just like messages he leaves Eminem and he's like, fuck <laughs> like, it's like, hey, it's Paul. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if it's like, hey, it's Paul. Um, 
you kind of, kind of like in, I think it was uh, either, either I think it was the Marshall Mathers LP. I think it was the Marshall Mathers LP where he goes, "Hey, yo, it's Paul." Um, fuck it, <laughs> just hang the phone up. I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure those are real voice message recordings of him. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't doubt it either. Yeah, so, be like, fuck, I have to get there with this guy again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we move on to the next song on the album. Stay, Stay Wide, Wide Awake. Where Eminem describes a series of rape fantasies. Uh, the dark side and mutilation of women. Another terrible song. Uh, and the pre-chorus, it, it, it kind of hits a little bit where you're like, you know, as soon as my flow starts, I compose art like the ghost of Mozart. Even though they all say they're real, I know that most aren't. Boy, you think you're clever, don't you? Girl, you think you're so smart. Come with me to another side in a world so cold and so dark. And you hear that and you're like, man, this is going to be a pretty good song. And then, no. Then he shits the yeah. bed. fee fi fo fum I think I smell the scent of the placenta. I enter Central Park. It's dark. It's winter in December. I see my target parked in a car, approach a tender young girl by the name of Brenda and pretend to befriend her. Sit down beside her like a spider. Hi there, girl. You might have heard of me before. See whore. It's kind of the girl. You're, you're kind of the girl that I'd like a assault and rape. Then figure why not try to make your pussy wider. Fuck you with the umbrella. Fuck you with an umbrella, and then open it up while the shit's inside you. What the fuck? But like, do you see how lazy that like scheme was? Yeah, you know. And and then uh, he goes on to say, impregnate a lesbian. Yeah. Now let's see her have triplets, and I'll die disintegrate them babies as soon as they're out with her formaldehyde and cyanide girl you can try and hide you can try to scream louder no need for no gunpowder the only uh that only takes all the fun out of <clears throat> murdering i'd rather go vin vin, vin, vin. <laughs> and now you see just how the fuck i do what i do when i cut right through your scalp uh shit wait a minute i mean skull my knife seems dull pull another one out like i don't it just Again, I would say shock value for the sake of shock value. Um, definitely, you know, more horrorcore. Uh, and maybe that's where the, the cult following comes from is all the horrorcore fans. Uh, but even they've got to be like, listen, this, home, this is like, man, you're just saying stuff. Like, you're not really making schemes. You're just saying words that fit together, but not actually making up a story or a scheme that actually, because that's the thing about horror core is like, you're telling a horror story, but you're still telling yeah. a story. Like, yeah, this is him but the, to me. Stuff. This is, this reminds me so much. Like if, if I've just read the lyrics, just if I didn't know who the artist was, I didn't know what the songs were like, and I just read the lyrics. I would have assumed that this was a King Gordy album, or I mean, Tyler the Creator, or somebody. You know, I mean, like Tyler it sounds like fucking King Gordy. Tyler, Say what? Tyler the Creator was super influenced by Eminem. He said, "Right, but but, but it he, sounds like you know, like because I remember like because Kim King Gordy has the serial killer." Uh, song uh, I think it's called Killer is where he sampled the Exorcist theme, um, where he's like my descriptions tank tops gray hair and old silly hippie I buy weed from Mexicans call him the s word and then kill him you know like 
he did a whole like we're like you want this randomness look up the song vader by king gordy it's hellacious um not in a good way either but anyway um but this song particularly i mean it was just so like we get it you're the bad guy you know like like he didn't put effort into his like lyric like he just didn't try he's like because we were saying on the song earlier like he was just saying like there was no cohesiveness he went from one thing to another thing like his stories were like bar for bar stories they were even like a full verse story like he doesn't even set anything up he's like he's playing hot potato i'm saying i'm going as fast as i can i'm saying what i can uh hopefully you don't hear what i'm saying because this doesn't make sense blah 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 blah. funny funny ha 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 right yeah uh so then we move on from from that to old time sakes which i think is a good song uh it's one of the better songs on the album it's him and dre uh you know and and the first verse is dre and he says uh i'm dre from back in the day from nwa from black in the gray from choking a bitch to smacking a face from stacking up bodies to racking ak's up from racking up hits to stacking up stacking them crates up uh, I'm still hungry and I'm back with a tapeworm and we're <clears throat> we're what's happening in rap entertainment. Me and Shady are far as far as competition. Uh, faggot, there ain't none. And then M busts in with speak of the devil. It's attack of the rain man. Chainsaw in hand, blood stains on my apron. Soon as the blade spun, vin, they run away from who played with dun- who played with dungeon no no one is safe from in search of a brain surgeon a great one wait it ain't funny man it's urgent i need one two boxes of the of detergent in a paint gun and an emergency squirt gun sprayed with a1 you know so it was it was kind of he was still being slim at the same time but it was one of those songs where dre kind of Dre kind of kept them together, if that makes kinda, sense. Kind of reeled them in. There you, know. you go. Uh, but yeah, th- this one was one of the 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 better songs off the album for sure. Um, I didn't I didn't make it far, like I said. So I, right. I'll go back and I'll give it a listen. Um, now I I will tell you, there's seven different verses to this, but it's a, it's a lot of that back and forth. Uh, like where, guilty conscious style, yeah. Uh, so uh, then from there we go to uh, must be the ganja, uh, and uh, this is the the typical drug song off of you know Eminem has these on basically every album, every album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, but the beat to this is is really dope. Uh, and the first verse goes, "Okay, here we go. Do re mi fa so, do or fa so la ti do." Uh, lyrical Roscoe, kick back the Tabasco. Your motherfuckers must just not know the TikTok. So, time to show you the most kick ass flow in the cosmos. Picasso with a pickaxe. Picasso with a pickaxe and a sick asshole. Tic tac toe, cross your six pack with an exacto. Knives strangling wise with a thick lasso, big bags of grass, zigzags. I'm with the doc, so you know how they go. Skull and crossbones. This is the poison to boys and girls who do not know. 
<clears throat> you do not want to try this at home, my little Vato. Uh, this is neither the time nor the place to get macho. So crack a six pack, sit back with some nachos, maybe some popcorn, and watch the show and just rock slow. It's about, or it's not what you expected, nor what you thought. So about time you wake up, you wake the fuck up and smell the pot. So, and then the chorus goes, "It must be the ganja. It's the marijuana that's creeping up on me. Why I'm so high? Maybe it's the henny that's gotten in me. Whatever it is, I don't mind." And then that repeats. Uh, but this is one of those songs where you can kind of start start hearing what what Eminem has evolved into to to this day, where like he's he's setting up these rhyme schemes where he's rhyming words that shouldn't rhyme, right? You know, yeah. So. Um, I probably I like I tr- like I told you guys I try to finish it couldn't I want to have to go back I may go back to it tomorrow before we uh, do another recording, mm-hmm. but definitely not gonna be anytime early. <laughs> right, and then the next album or the next song is just a skit called Mr. Mathers. It's where it's basically the medics talking to Mr. Mathers and talking to each other, saying, "Hey, we need to." Uh, we need to, uh, you know, get him to the hospital. He's 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 gonna die, uh, pretty soon. And that's pretty much all it was. I mean, you have to really hear it to get the, yeah, the full. Th- this this really talks about, um, the night that they found him, where he had relapsed and, uh, everything. They found him in the bathroom floor, um, and then you know the next song, Deja Vu, um, it, it's classified as. Uh, a cold, chilling, humored take on Marshall Mathers' most recent drug antics. Uh, it takes a deep look into the the mindset of uh, him having just relapsed, uh, and it uses it actually uses the same instrumental on uh, "Cold Wind Blows," uh, or it, it's it's slightly modified, but. This, basically the same beat that they use on this they use uh on a song called cold wind blows right yeah and, and a lot of it you know and it's it's basically him in a sense saying in the first verse he's like i fall as i fall deep into a manic state i'm a prime candidate for a gene to receive a drug addiction a drug addict, a drug addict trait blood pressure climbs as a, as a dramatic rate i seem to gravitate toward the bottle of nyquil then i salivate start off with the nyquil like i think this tastes great couple of sips on that then i graduate then I gradually graduate to a hard prescription drug like valium and i'm like yeah that's great i go and just take one and end up having eight now i got now i need something in my stomach because i have an eight maybe i'll grab a plate of nachos or maybe a steak and you think that with all that i have at stake look at my daughter's face mommy something's wrong with daddy i think he's acting weird again he's really beginning to scare me won't shave his beard again and he pretends he doesn't hear me and all he does is eat doritos and cheetos and he just fell asleep in the car eating three musketeers in the rear seat so it's a so it's yeah it's it's eminem going through the 
what an addict would go through, but then it punches you in the gut in the middle of the first verse when it talks about his daughter saying, mommy, something's wrong with daddy. And it's like, she knows now something's wrong with daddy. You know, it, it that's, that's the part that's kind of like, kind of, kind of wrenches your guts a little bit. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with that 100%. You know, because anytime, like, you always hear drug addicts, you know, like, I never wanted my kids to see me like that. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, but from Deja Vu, we move on to the track Beautiful. Uh, and uh, this is considered by fans and critics as the strongest song on relapse uh and this song uh it, it begun to be written while he was sitting in rehab so so it's powerful mhm yeah and they and and they picked you know with with you know with Paul Rogers doing uh the intro. uh doing yeah doing the intro and stuff and then with the Queen song, you know, it and, and, and again, now the Paul, now the, they used a sample of the Queen song, um, and it kind of fit and kind of coincide with what was going through in, at the time, um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a, it was a powerful song, you know, in the first verse where he was like, "I'm just so fucking depressed, I just can't seem to get out this slump. If I could just get over this hump, but I need something to pull me out this dump. Took my bruises, took my lumps." Fell down and got right back up, but I need that spark to get sight backed up. Just enough for me to pick the mic back up. You know, it, it kind of like it's almost like he's, you know, having this like almost like a revelation in a sense, you know, of what my life can be now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if I keep on going down this path. Uh, and then light the the last line before it goes into the chorus, it says, "Here today, gone tomorrow." But you'd have to walk a thousand miles, and then this chorus goes. Uh, in my shoes just to see what it's like to be me i'll be you let's trade shoes just to see what it'd be like feel your pain you feel mine go inside each other's mind just to see what we find look at shit through each other's eyes but don't let them say you ain't beautiful they can all get fucked just stay true to you uh so yeah yeah it's it was, a it's, real powerful song it is it is. And a lot of it, you know, it came from a place of, you know, I don't want to let people down. I don't want to, you know, have the same, you know, feelings I used to have, you know, and then it, it just accompanies it so well with all the other, you know, things that was going on. Um, but yeah, this honestly, my personal opinion, I think it's the best song on the album. Well, it's not that hard with this album, so right. And then come to, and then the next the next song is uh, probably one of the catchiest songs on there. Uh, yeah, crack a bottle, let your body wallow. Don't act like <laughs> anyway. Waddle, 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 waddle. Uh oh, uh oh, bitch is hopping in my Tahoe. I got one riding shotgun, and no, not one of them got clothes. <laughs> whatever but anyway uh but yeah uh you know like you said earlier roger um on on this song crack a bottle it was almost as if 50 
was added at the very last minute because you know the first uh first couple of verses are just uh m and dre kind of going back and forth uh and then 50 comes in but his verse doesn't even fit the beat um i don't have to listen i remember when it came out uh and i heard it i just can't remember off the top of my head either um right but i mean if he was throwing it last second it makes sense that he wasn't on like it doesn't fit the rest of it because who knows how much time he actually had to write the verse and get it recorded and put on the track before the release. Right. And then, yeah. And then, and, and, and it's not that I don't think that it was that, but also at the time, cause 50 was still, you know, still getting more traction and getting popular. I think G unit just put out a, an album at the around, around that time too. Didn't they have the, uh, what was that album? Uh, it was the one they did with Gene. The uh, in two thousand nine, was it? It was it two thousand and nine. Yeah, that was before I self destruct. That was garbage. Okay, because I because I, I okay, never mind. There was uh, a, they had one called Terminate on Sight, but that was in two thousand and eight. So that wasn't a yeah. I was thinking Beg for Mercy, but Beg for Mercy came out in 03. So that was yeah. So that was way ahead. That was way way after. Um. But, but yeah, so then we go from that song to Steve Berman, <laughs> another Steve Berman uh, one. The receptionist is like, Mr. Berman, what? We have Eminem to see you. Huh, about fucking time. Send him in. Steve, good to see you, man. Hey, how you doing? Well, look who decided to show his face. Hope you had fun the last four years. Look, man, Um, I apologize again for, for shooting me. Do you know I lost the use of my right arm? Again, it was a mistake, a terrible mistake. Are you wearing a bulletproof vest? And, you know, like, no. He was like, and then you go and you do what? Hide out? Stay in Detroit for five years while the music industry melts the fuck down? <laughs> you know, so it was kind of like he was, like, blaming Eminem because the music industry sucked at that point, you know? It's like, do you know how many people lost their fucking jobs because of your fucking vacation? Well, that's why I'm actually here. Um, I was going to put out some new music and wanted to play it for you and get your opinion. Do I really need to hear it? Let me guess. Another album about poor me. I'm so famous that it's ruined my rich little life. And I'm such a tortured artist. Let me make music about it and my tragic love life. Am I on to something here? Come on, man. It ain't even like that. You know what? Just hand the fucking thing over. I'm done talking to you. <laughs> you know, it's like, Okay. You think you just come and go as you please, you know, big selfish superstar. I had a drug problem. Oh, poor me. I had a drug problem. Who hasn't had a drug problem in this town? You know what? And then he cocks a gun. He's like, hey, 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 I'm just just lay that shit down on my desk and get the fuck out. OK, OK, man, here. What's this shit? Two CDs? That's what I'm trying to tell you, man. It's, it's, it's two albums. Just get out. All right. Get the fuck out. All right, man. See you later. <laughs> and then that ends up going into the song. Um underground which is still it, it, it's it's good in a sense it's the second best song on the album i think yeah it's random but at least it's like a little bit more like how can i describe it like it's lyrically more 
tolerable if that makes the if that makes sense uh because it kind of starts out the same way a lot of the last track of every Eminem's album is is like a lot of people ask me where the fuck I've been at for the last few years shit I don't know but I do know I'm back now <laughs> You know, then it goes into the chorus. Stay um, alive. Stay goodbye, <laughs> <stay about> Hollywood. <laughs> um, but nah, but he and he talks about Christopher Reeves in the like the the whole first verse is just he goes, Dre, I'm down here under the ground, dig me up, broken tibulas, fibulas, yeah, fix me up, sixty sluts, all of them dying from asphyxia after they sit pissed through a Christopher Reeves sippy cup. Yeah, it's, it's it's bad. Yeah, I think this is. I, I think, and I could be wrong. I think this was the last album where he actually uh, mentions Chris Reeve in a negative light. Yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be kind of weird for him to keep bringing it up when the dude's dead. I mean, he yeah. was dead before this album came out, too, so. Yeah. I mean, that is true, but. And he did mention him a lot too. Knowing that he was dead, I mean, we'll blame the drugs. Yeah, yeah, we'll blame the drugs for this trash album. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. Um, so I was gonna say I, I don't even want to go into refill. There was really only one, maybe two good songs on that. You had Forever, which featured uh, M. Wayne. Uh, Kanye and Drake and then um, Hell Breaks Loose featuring Dre um, and it's uh, that those are probably the two best songs on the album or on the, the refill portion of this right um, I would probably skip everything else right all right, so that being said, in the totality of the whole entire record, the best song on the record would be what? Uh, beautiful, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I, I would say Beautiful as well. Roger? Uh, I mean, I didn't hear those songs, so. Uh, we'll send them to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can follow, listen, though. Followed yeah, closely okay. by um, Underground and... Um, Old time's sake. Yeah, I would say I would say actually beautiful then old time's sake then underground. That's what I would probably say. You know, worst album or worst uh, song on the album. <laughs> no worst album. You said it right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is this his worst album? Yes, I think so. At this point or all time? All time. All time. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, that uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, surely the next episode, we can only go up from here, right? We do go up from here. Yeah. We do go, yeah, go up from here. The next album, uh, check back with us. We'll be, uh, doing the, uh, the re, uh, recovery. the, the, uh, <laughs> recovery record. I almost, well, I said rehab. <laughs> the rehab um, album. The rehab album, right. Um, the recovery album by Eminem. And, uh, it should be good. We're looking forward to it. Um, I'm that being said, 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're all looking forward to it, actually. Right. Um, That being said, though, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into this episode of Rap Rewind. We thank you for your patience. It's been a minute since we were able to do this, and we hope you guys stuck with us, and we appreciate it. Uh, Anything you guys want to say before we pass out here this evening? Um, As always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Anything Uh, from you, Raj? Uh, so I did think about it when um, I think well Chip and I talked about it on the uh, football episode, uh, but at the end I was talking about how I was probably going to do a Roger reviews um, thing here and there, and I was going to re- probably be do the first one would be Scream, the new one. Uh, probably I want to do that as a I guess a video series for YouTube and start getting that more traction too. But um, right, yeah, I probably not like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to obviously do an audio one too, but it'll make more sense to do a, to be able to see what I'm talking about and everything like that. But, um, I am going to do that. I'm planning on watching, uh, Scream opening weekend, uh, cause this is obviously coming out afterwards. Um, and I'm going to actually like think it through. I might actually sort of not script it out, but bullet point it. So it actually is cohesive. Right and everything, especially since I'm more probably do it by myself unless you guys do watch it and want to talk about it uh, this weekend or whenever I do decide to film it or anything like that. But I, I'm only going to start doing you know just like a review thing here and there, and obviously you, you guys on it when you guys when we do watch something that we all want to talk about, um, even if something like we can start going back to old movies we've watched and you know watch them again and review that stuff. Right. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like a pretty cool concept. I like that idea. Uh, a couple of quick shout-outs before we get out of here tonight. Shout-out to Sean Thompson, Thompson Personal Training. Go check him out on his website, uh, Thompson Personal Training on Facebook. Uh, Jerry and Jennifer over at the Chronic Conversations podcast. Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. We look forward to the next episode. I believe in two weeks we will get the rap rewind of Eminem's album, Recovery. And it should be fun. It'll be a whole lot better than relapse. <laughs> that being said, thank you guys. We love you. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting pl- platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click the bell to get notified of our latest videos and check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm staying alive. Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> say goodbye say goodbye to Hollywood uh, one thing I do want to say real oh, quick no 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 uh, <laughs> okay it's it's so good to have you Talon back doing the outro uh, <laughs> yes for <'cause>... sure <laughs> alright uh, Roger and I uh, mess it up every time every time I heard Every I time, heard. every time, and like it's, I heard. <laughs> it's we're just so used to you having it, like pretty much memorized that it's not second nature to us. So we just wait to respond after you do the outro. <laughs> well, I do. Hey, hey, it's good to feel appreciated. So I thank you guys. Anyway, all right. So there's Chip. I'm Talon. That's Roger. We did the thing. We and, did the thing. And this is Movement Radio. God's, God's plan. plan. Lizard man. <laughs>